Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Fahey, your host, joining me as ever, prettiest boy under the sun, spunk drunk junkie, sun smooch gooch, gay blade. Gay blade? Yeah. Blade? The black vampire? But gay. That's you. Gay blade. (laughs) Two. (laughs) Well, obviously, obviously two. Gay Walker. You a gay walker. You a gay walker. <laughs> He's a gay walker. That's, That's very pretty nice. cool. He prances. That's right. Aaron Joseph In Peter. the daylight. How uh, are you? Uh, well, I am the Marquise. Yes. Desaad. Yes, you and are. my sinners. You're here. a thinker. You're a stinker. You're a pee-pee drinker. And I'm not going to apologize for it, although I do stand accused of Drinko's pee-pee. Yes. You know. But yeah. But guilty you, as charged. Yeah, you do. Matt, now you're here to my right. Uh-huh. And Matt does, Rousseau, the Frenchman henchman. Hi. Doesn't John look exactly like the cartoons of him right now? He does, yeah. Right Why? now you look exactly like Dallas's drawings. I don't have a fucking mustache. You've got enough you, you, of a mustache. You kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. I the mean, hair's like perfect. Yeah. It's, it's perfect uh, Dallas. Yeah, you, I think it's getting, it's, it, it's getting to like a Edward Furlongy kind of uh, level, I think. No. In length. Oh, in length, uh, perhaps. But, you know. He's just got a nice tussle to it. Follow us on uh, YouTube if you want to uh, see how great I look. I got that hot, washed-up-on-shore look right now with yeah. the T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm never letting go of it. It really looks great in, in the profile. Yeah. You, can, you can really see the rips. You can really the see armpit. how fucked up it is. Yeah, um, And that's a new shirt. No, my friend Joe made me this shirt, and I think it was... He just made a, Oh, shit, a thrift, Bauhaus. A thrift store shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I exactly. didn't even, when I said that today, I didn't... We were talking about the Ziggy Stardust cover uh, by Bauhaus. Um, Excuse me. Uh, and how it's superior um, right before this. Um, we uh, so yeah, follow us. Uh, hit the fucking bell, whatever that does on uh, YouTube. Uh, really subscribe. It helps us out. Do it. Yeah. And um, you know, shout out to the people that only watch on YouTube. That's a whole. Yeah, that's a whole thing. That's a whole <laughs> sub sub scene. Yeah. What do you think that is? I, don't know, I guess it's hot. I think people just like there's some people that like take in everything through YouTube. It yeah. is kind of a catch all. Yeah. So it's like how you treat your butthole. Absolutely. You take in everything through there. Indiscriminate swallowing. So the YouTube is like the John Fahey's butthole of media. Yeah. For some people. Some people boof everything. Oh. But I like that there's a character named Boof in Teen Wolf. Really? Yeah, yeah the chick. Oh, wow. The, the, you know, the cool oh. friend that Michael yeah. J. Fox's character. Uh, no shit, she's cool. She's boofing it all. I mean, with a name like Boof, how do you not like, uh, yeah, you're the one. Yeah, I, I really. may be a wolf, but... You're an animal, you know? Yeah. Um, we uh, we, we got to say uh, Profiles and Eccentricity on Instagram. Get a look at these freaks, weirdos. Um, PP Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, mainly uh, lately I've just been responding to stuff, and then if someone sends me something about P, and then I respond to that. That's basically what I've been doing lately. That's oh. cool, too. Yeah. That's cool, well, too. Well, it's PP Podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, you link the new videos and episodes and Dallas's great cartoons. Check yes. those out gosh, too. Gosh. Um, yeah, just put up the Ketchum Brothers one uh, this week. Ketchum. Uh, we got to. Uh, we got to. We got to. I don't I'm gonna I, ride one day. I'm gonna <laughs> ride me a Lolita <laughs> Express. What's in this safe? Goo! <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that was really fun. Um, I don't think I posted the other, the last one he did on Instagram yet. I gotta put that shit up. Man, I don't know what the fuck you're waiting oh, for. That's, that's really good. One. I don't know yeah, either. It's, uh, it's uh, Chris Colt. Oh, I've got God, a, it's so good. Uh, for the uh, for this uh, the Patreon that's coming up uh, before this episode, I got another dumb Western criminal. Oh. That's great. That's great. So yeah, follow us on uh, or subscribe on Patreon. Five dollars a month, you get an extra episode per week. And Matt was putting together this little profile for this one, and he was giggling the whole way home. I, and I live here. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Live in Chineseville. What? Yeah. Shout out to also shout out to Dodger for reminding, oh. reminding me of what college booze tastes like. Yeah, Dodger gave us uh, these uh, these yeah. little uh, airplane bottles of booze that yeah. we we d- told him we would drink on the program. Aaron was very unhappy. With yeah, this. yeah, yeah. While you're giving Dodger a shout out, I'm gonna give him a big old fuck you <laughs> for uh, sending me two bottles of Sailor Jerry spiced rum. Yeah, yeah but you get that. You get. Well, that I got the Jim Beam uh, Kentucky Bourbon, and I traded you. One for one. Yeah, thank you. So um, I'd like to train it, train it for some of that Southern Comfort. Matt would not give away any of his Southern Comfort. That's not true. No one asked. <laughs> oh, well, well, it was, uh, we it was, heavily hinted that. I would prefer- trade you a Jim Beam for a... No, you don't get no... <laughs> <laughs> for a Southern Comfort? Uh, for the spiced cum, I, think, I want a Comfort. I think you know that you were greedy for Southern Comfort, and that's fine. Yeah, I I'm trying my, to get spiced sugar. Um, yeah, um... And of course, we have a uh, big old big sexual right behind me. You like oh, that? God, oh, big, oh, big sexual is great. He he drew it on to like, all of his shite. He did it on like the most fucked up piece of paper. I was talking to him earlier today. No, he must have crinkled it after. He couldn't have drawn that. No, before. no. He, they they have like a scrap paper drawer because they won't they won't throw anything away unless like they draw on both sides. So, what, of it. so instead of throwing it away, he mails it to you. That's what you're saying? Yeah, he draws this and then he mails it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you said. I think in that last. Uh, in, I think it was the last cartoon. Dallas had snuck in a little R.I.P. Big Sexual on the wall. Yeah, uh, that was really yeah. cool. R.I.P. Yeah. Big Sexual. Um, now this is a this is a big fucking deal. Oh, yeah. It's this a BFD. Is, this is a big fucking deal. Okay. Um, Long awaited. Aaron. Hey. Mike Tyson. John. <laughs> you, have, you have a fuck with boxing legend. You have a fuck with research. You have a fuck with profile, John. <laughs> Matt. Give a fuck with living legends, <laughs> with folk heroes, uh, immortals. On this show? In life. And so I think we, we, you know, people that listen to the show for a long time know. Um, before, Which they all do. Before we went to the cabin trip, uh, we had just inhaled the Rogan interview with Tyson. The first one. And yeah. then you exhaled it. And then we, on ex- the way we, ex- <laughs> we ex- exhaled it. Well, we were waiting. At the cabin. Uh, very, very, uh, very, very hardcore. Uh, and um, so that, I think, I think that was the first I knew that uh, you were really into Tyson. And I had my own little thing with finding out about Mike Tyson. And especially the early years when I was in like my parents' house and... You know, I think he'd already gone to jail and stuff at this point. I was like maybe 13, 14 years old, but there was like a little, I think it was, I think it was all subtitled with the narration and it was all music carrying it. It's all in Irish. And no, no. I mean, it was just, it was just music because it was VH1, I guess. Oh yeah. So it was just doing music and then showing like pictures throughout his life. And it was, and then I found out all about the birds and cuss and all that stuff. And he really does have, and I was fascinated. Yeah. I was so fucking fascinated by it. And it was the first time I ever knew any of, you know, the uh, the gentler side yeah. of Mike. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I grew up, we, we, were, we always watched Friday Night Fights. 
Um, so boxing was just something that it was a sport that we always talked about. Mm-hmm. And, and it was during the time when heavyweight boxing was in its modern day prime. It, yeah. And it was, nobody talks about it now. There, no, there's no. no heavyweight boxing. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it was because it, it, it became too heavyweight. Yeah. And it, then Everybody it was became just too big and it was, and it, it slow was boring. And yeah. And yeah. And they probably started testing for steroids. Yeah. yeah it was like, you know, George Foreman losing to Ali was like, oh, okay. Everybody doesn't have to be the biggest fucking bruiser. Right. That fucking psycho from the Frank Matthews episode, the one that's all coked up and talking shit to him, he's just a dealer. He's in the ring talking mad shit on mm-hmm. Ali's behalf to George Foreman, who at that time was a murder machine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Maybe the hardest hitting guy. Oh all my time. god. Yeah. Um, so this is the this is part one of Mike Tyson. Yeah. Uh it'll be a two parter. Uh, how my, did you get real quick? Did you have did you have an early experience like like I had like where you like found out about Mike? And yeah. Like, so I mean, obviously Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the video game and and then it became Punch Out, but everybody still knew well, it. As yeah, Mike but it was Tyson also Punch, punch out, out before, like in the arcades. And then when then when the it Nintendo went to the homes, the, the NES, oh, okay, they branded it with him. We'll get to that, I guess, a little bit in the next episode. But but my goal is to kind of do what John did with Nixon, which is uh, to kind of give the stuff that is not ev- the stuff everybody knows. Yeah, right. before yeah. before the crown and after the crown, right? Um, and um, uh, it's just I just got like listen, everybody's got demons, but I fucking love this guy. Yeah, he's I've said it before. I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but like he, I think he is the closest we have to a, a living folk hero. Yeah, like Robin Hood or um, you know Davy Crockett or Hercules, yeah, yeah. right? Oh yeah, um, he's just got an incredible arc and um. Everybody's got a story about him. Every famous person is like a story about What's him. What's your Mike Tyson story? And, or you, it's like it's like your Bill Murray story. Yes, yeah. yes, and, and except with violence and, and like and, yeah, and, yeah. and he'll he, he doesn't remember them. Yeah, that's uh, you true. know uh, like every time like somebody shows up on his show or like his podcast or whatever, like he's just like listening along and being like, huh, yeah, yeah, and I, like there's like it seems like you know there, if if that's like the day to day. There's only so much your memory is going to yeah. allow for. I mean, there's so, so much but in to his that life. person. It's a fucking, it's an unforgettable night. Mm-hmm. And, you know? and, you know, he ties in, especially in boxing, He he's this thread that runs through and connects all of these different from, eras. From Cuss to, yeah. you know, to Don King. Yeah. Yeah. He is this, uh, yeah, this, this genre defining, defying and unifying person. Cause even we'll get to the styles yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and, and, <laughs> To be fair, I'd, I'd say I love Mike Tyson, but like I don't listen to his show. Oh right, I don't listen to. His, I mean, I don't listen to very many. Well, you're keeping the folk. You're keeping I, the I folk story want, alive. Don't meet your heroes. Yeah. I read the book. Yeah, I read a few yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but you know, maybe I'll I'll listen to it. And his his show, directed by Spike Lee, too. I did watch that. Yeah, yeah. I've watched. Ty, I've watched the 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 documentary that came out like ten years ago, ten mm. twelve years ago. I don't think I saw that. And then I I saw his live his live show. Yeah. So I've seen that too. And what'd you what'd you read? Uh, Undisputed Truth. Undisputed Truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I I I saw a, a a film a documentary without any you know talking heads mm. uh, from filmed in 1982 in Cust- camp. Oh, so it just so happens to have him there. Yeah, when wow. he's like 13. Yeah, he was like 15. 15. Maybe. Wow. But and he's an animal. Amazing. But uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll, get, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Um. So our, our good friend Michael Gerard Tyson was Michael born in uh, MG Tyson. 
on June 30th, 1966, Cumberland Hospital, the Fort Greene section of Brooklyn, Brownsville. Mm-hmm. Um, he says his, his earliest memories are of being in the hospital. Uh, he said he was always what? he's always sick, growing up with like lung problems. Oh God, bronchitis, stuff like that. Um, one time when he was a kid, uh, to get some attention, he stuck his thumb in some Drano and then stuck it in his mouth. Jesus. And so his like grandma rushed him to the hospital. That's another hospital memory. Um, his mother's name was Lorna May. It gave me something of a lift. <laughs> I don't know what I, how I could have possibly fucked up my oral cavity in such a way to speak like this. <laughs> Perhaps I dipped it in some sort of caustic fluid. It's not. A, it's not so much that I have a lift. It's, it's completely numb. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all I have. <laughs> I've got something of a bifurcated tongue on account of the Drano. Ooh, this tastes good. Mm. Suck my, my fucking thumb. My man. pipes are clean. Needless to say. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh God, we're going to hell. Mike, if you're listening, I, <laughs> it was thank John. You, thank I you. love yeah, you. It was John. Um, so his mother was Lorna May. Lorna May, whose mother was Bertha Price, and um, both Bertha, so uh, Grandma I, and Mike's Mom, Grandma Bertha had a sister, and they both worked for this white lady, uh, like doing like house, you know, house uh, keeping type of stuff. Uh huh. And uh, domestic work, as it was called. And this was in a time where, like, a lot of white people would not employ black people. Right. Um, also in New York? Uh, Virginia. Oh, okay. And um, her name was Lorna. And so both Bertha and her sister named their daughters Lorna after this white woman. Mm. Uh, because she was, a, she like... Good lady. Yeah, paid enough for Bertha to send her kids to college and stuff like that. So, you know, they had a, they had a good experience with her and... Uh, uh, according to Mike, Bertha was a big woman, hmm. and he, he might have got the knockout gene from her. Really? Because, uh, you know, um, Bertha was working at the house with Lorna, and, and her husband, I think, was fond of beating her, of beating Lorna. Uh, the white Lorna. The white Lorna, is this right? And Bertha didn't like that, and one day Bertha had seen enough, and she uh, she told the, the guy, you know, uh, don't you put your hands on her. And he laughed. Uh, she threw a punch and knocked him on his ass. Whoa. <laughs> and see if you laughing now, huh? The next morning, when he came down and saw her, he was a changed man. It was, well, how are you doing, Mrs. Price? Good morning. And he huh. never, never did. That's what I thought. And she punched the devil right out of him, huh? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that can happen. It can. <laughs> we saw fried green tomatoes. Yeah. And oh. that's not what happened. <laughs> um, so Mike, uh, like I said, 66, born in 66. Uh, he has an older brother named Rodney and an older sister named Denise. Um, they live in Bed-Stuy um, for the first few years of his life. Um, and his mom, um, you know, she was, she was a pretty popular lady in the, in the, in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, Does that mean she was a good time gal? No. Lorna May. No, no, no. She, Lorna May. For a, for a minute, she had a good job working in something like related to detention centers. Like hmm. she, she went to, she was educated. Mm-hmm. Like you know, um, worked the computer there. Yeah. If you know how to, if computer, you've got, if you've got some skills, like she had, you had administrative type of stuff. Um, but detention center, like prisons? Yeah. Okay. Um, or any sort of correction. I mean, a jail or a prison, you know, any mm. you know, coop, um, uh, <laughs> pigeons, uh, <laughs> His dad, like, he d- never really knew his dad. 
they were told that their biological father was this one fella who was maybe like kind of a reverend, but also maybe a pimp. It's hmm. <laughs> um, a fine line. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he talks about it in the book. Like anytime somebody says they're a reverend, I'm like, you mean reverend, reverend mm-hmm. slash pimp, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this your flock, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so his mom was, you know, pretty popular. Every Friday and Saturday, he said it was like Vegas in their in their apartment. And like she'd have card parties. She had a tiger. <laughs> no tigers, not that Vegas yet. <laughs> a, couple, <laughs> a couple of homos from Germany came by with their cat. She Jewish Siegfried, my man. Siegfried. Siegfried. Um, and so she would invite all her girlfriends over, and she'd send her boyfriend Eddie to the liquor store to go buy bottles of booze, and they'd Eddie. sell watered down shots to make money for the house. Go ahead, Eddie, you <laughs> fuck. And um, he's, he's making you know, money. She'd make wings. Ooh. Well, that sounds good. Uh, and it was kind of like the running the gamut of the neighborhood. You know, um, he said that like ever like there were business owners and hookers and gangsters and fucking detectives. Like it was just kind of this. You know, it's the neighborhood. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the neighborhood. It's the neighborhood. And. Um, now, no, some of his mom's friends weren't prostitutes per se, but they would sometimes drop their kids off at their pla- at his place yeah. while they would go sell it on the weekend. And, you know, every, everybody had a side hustle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people who put puzzles together don't call themselves puzzle makers. They, that's just a thing they do. That's one yeah. of the things they do. <laughs> yeah. And so they'd go and they'd come back with some money and maybe some blood on their clothes. Damn it! And Jesus. you know the mom, mom, his mom would help him, help him clean up and stuff. But he just, he, he just saw that everybody had some other side thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, one time, uh, <laughs> he um, his brother, he said his brother Rodney was a real weirdo. He was like, this guy always had like, oh yeah, yeah. He said he's he, the oddball, huh? Yeah, he said like, <laughs> he was like, man, he was always on some white people shit. <laughs> he had like test tubes and elixirs and chemical, yeah, chemistry sets and stuff. Cool. Hey, Rodney, what the fuck you and doing? He was always him, fucking man? around with things like that. Is that calcium? <laughs> Is that calcium nitrate? That is a, a caustic <laughs> mineral. <laughs> a caustic mineral salt. Let me, let me uh, you, you put that together with a little bit of ammonia, you got yourself a bomb there, pal. <laughs> you really strange, man. I'll be on the roof of my pigeons <laughs> being a human killing machine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> good luck with the period. Table. You sure are strange, Rodney. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I find the fist does the work too. <laughs> and so, like, one day Rodney went to like the the community college to go access their lab or something like that, and he just like went into his brother's room and started fucking mixing test tubes oh, and Jesus. shit, and blew the black window out of the apartment and set it on fire. Oh my god! Yeah. Um. Damn. They. Uh, <laughs> what was Rodney up to? Look, I don't know. I mean, it's normal it, chemistry, it, John. But you can't just throw anybody you know, into this, normal chemistry. This is like uh, you know, seventy three. So crack's not around yet. It's not like he's cooking crack. Maybe he invented it. I don't know. Maybe he was working for the CIA. What do you I, think? What do you think he was making? I have no idea. I think this, he was just interested in the stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, chemistry sets. You could. Ju- I mean, you could buy chemistry sets when we were kids. Yeah. Like where you could just mix chemicals together. Yeah. I mean, what? And you could still like. You, I mean, hell yeah! I'm gonna give my kid enough. all that shit. It's dope. Yeah. Burn. I don't care. Burn yourself. Figure it they out. They tell you not to do a thing. No. I mean, don't just so don't do that. Yeah, yeah. But um, he's a, a, a Customato was a big believer in astrology and all sorts of alternative. Uh, and, and Tyson was a is a Cancer, mm-hmm. and Cuss always said you're the type of person that has to put your hand on the stove to learn time. Mm-hmm. Huh? 
And so I, so I am already seeing that. Mm -hmm. He's got to, he's, I got to put my tongue in the drain. <laughs> and then he also told him like, you're a real cancer kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my mom also used to say that. To, um, uh, one time, um, Rodney was asleep and him and his sister and, and Mike and Denise, they were, they were like watching like all these like fucking general hospital or surgeon, you know, t t mm -hmm. surgeon dramas and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, what, they're going to cut up Rodney? Let's play doctor. And so they got a fucking like straight razor while he was sleeping and they like sliced him up a little bit. And then she was, he was like, she like nurse, you uh, give me the alcohol to sanitize the cut. And she gave him that. And they fucking both slapped him with alcohol and he fucking woke up screaming. Oh shit. God. Slicing it. He still got the, the cutting. The yeah. cutting didn't wake him up. <laughs> With the alcohol, well, it's probably all the chemicals you was saying. Uh, I'm having a beautiful dream yeah. of being surgeon. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> Denise, let's circumcise this motherfucker. <laughs> Give me the alcohol. Uh, let's see. So you know, they had a somewhat. I mean, they were poor, but not destitute. You know, sure. Um, and then, so you know, all in all, they were living a pretty okay little existence there without you know. With, as good as it could be for a, a single, single black mother living yeah. in, in in Brooklyn at the time. Um, but, you know, I think the, the economy took a, a little turn around this time. And um, this is what, late, she, late 70s? Mid, mid 70s. Late, okay. Uh, and they had to, they they got evicted and they had to move to Brownsville. Yeah. Out of Bed-Stuy. And, uh, you know, I mean, they were really, really poor. They had to like, they would get evicted and he while his mom was going out looking for jobs, they'd have to like sit on their belongings so they the movers wouldn't take them. Yeah, movers are fucking assholes with that shit. Yeah, but, just, you know, they're probably on the verge of eviction too. <laughs> like they're just yeah, trying to keep their fucking, shit. They'll just throw it out the window. It's just like, what the fuck is good as that? Mm. You're just breaking my shit. Yeah. yeah, and back then they probably weren't like, you know, insured and bonded movers. They're probably just hired thugs. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a, it was, it was a bad neighborhood. Um, you know, some some guy fucking took Michael when he was like ten into a abandoned building and tried to molest him. He says he didn't get molested, but who fucking knows, right? Mm -hmm. um, he said they went from being poor to being seriously poor to being fucked up poor, like in the course of six months. Wow. Um, I can see yeah. yeah. You know, he his his brother and sister had their own like room, but he slept in his mom's bed like up until he was like thirteen. Damn, fuck. He said he was like, I was a real mama's boy. Like, I would, I slept in her bed even, like, when I didn't have to. Like, I slept in her bed when she had a dude in it, and they thought I was asleep, but I wasn't. What? He's oh, like, that was fuck. just kind of the, that's just how it was. Are you fucking with me? Uh, no. That's real shit. So his mom is in the bed fucking a dude next what? to her son? I mean, it's just like Paul. Uh, no, but, oh. but John, the fucking guy, that guy. The fucking guy? The, the guy is the big... That guy's like, oh, yeah, I'll right. fuck you with your yeah, kid next right, to you. Right. Yeah, he's probably asleep. Look at him. He's asleep. He's not even breathing. Oh, Try right. the couch. John. Who? Huh? Mike? Maybe there's people. Maybe the kid. Anybody. Oh, maybe the brother, the Rodney and the, the sister. The couch. Why, why are you defending this? No, why are you defending I'm just, I'm the, couch, I'm the couch got moved. I'm giving you like an option. People are watching TV on the couch. Who? The brother and sister. No, they're in their fucking room. You don't know in you this don't know particular that. situation. It's fucking, well, go to your room, kids. Well, listen, like, if he's sleeping in the bed, if he's sleeping in his mom's bed and his mom comes home with a dude. Yeah. That dude isn't going to stop. That dude's not going to be like, you know what I mean? But so, get the fuck out. Yeah, duh. It's unacceptable. But, you know, how many great men have we talked about have been in the bed with their mom fucking another guy? Well, when, when, you put Pryor, it, when you put it that way, Aaron. Richard Pryor. <laughs> it's really, it's really, Richard what, Pryor. It's really what makes the man. 
Um, <laughs> this will cause no issues. Yeah. You know, he, I will be great. This. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially 13 years old with a fucking boner the next night when you're alone. Jesus Christ. Uh, it is just like Paul. Um, yeah, this we is haven't got, if you guys don't know what just like Paul means, it's, it's for a good reason. We'll, we'll, get, to we'll get to it. <laughs> One word. Taboo. <laughs> Two. <laughs> the new batch. Um, <laughs> don't say that. Tabooer. I can't believe it wasn't like taboo T-O-O. Instead, like Teen Wolf 2. Taboo 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't. Anyways. Too taboo. Uh... So this is like a really shitty neighborhood at that time. Really, really bad. Like, yeah, the, probably the worst in the country. Jesus. Um, and you know, he'd be like, it was just a fucking city full of lust and hate. And I, you know, it wouldn't, you'd be driving down the street, or walking down the street and you hear people saying like, suck my dick, eat my pussy, motherfuckers, shit yeah. like that. Um, I eat the pussy, I eat the ass, I eat everything. <laughs> I'm hungry. Um, and he, um, he got picked on a lot cause mm-hmm. he was a chubby little kid mm-hmm. with a list Lith. and, uh, he said he smelled bad. Yeah. He wasn't like, he sure. wasn't, he didn't get hygiene yet. Like, yeah. Um, especially, you know, sometimes they, you know, they didn't, have, they didn't have hot water. Yeah. 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 A yeah. lot or power. A yeah. lot. Shower, so, showering you, without hot water is, when, is fucking the worst. Yeah. When you're poor, you, you, you're going to stink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he, they'd pick him, they'd take his fucking lunch money. Um, he, <laughs> One time he'd like, uh, you know, because the schools would give you free lunch and stuff. So mm-hmm. he would like go, he'd get his lunch and then he'd like just like pack his pockets with meatballs. <laughs> and he's like, I'd be, I'm, if they gave my lunch money, that's one thing, but I'm not going to let them take my fucking meatballs, you know, man. And like, <laughs> <laughs> they fucking like, one time they I robbed him that. and they like fucking took his meatballs. No, fuck, and they were like, man, pick his pocket? Dude, it was really fucked up. They fucked up. It was really sad. Wow. Um, but he, you know, he, he hated feeling vulnerable like that yeah, yeah and yeah, powerless yeah. and he was just humi- it was humiliating yeah and he had has really low self-esteem has uh, you're saying has i mean i think now he's worked through a lot of it but it's something that's still there but i think throughout his entire life yeah yeah, yeah i don't think it's something, something that, that just disappears no fully. it's something it's, that you know it gets manipulated and he then uses to his own but you know it's it's but it is that thing that low self-esteem and low self-worth was something that was that, that, that's really you know, a big part of who Mike Tyson was and uh, maybe, maybe still is, but, mm. um, you know, he was caught committing a lot of crimes. Yeah. I mean, he started going on robbing, robbing speech sprees. Um, you know, he was, he just wanted to be one of the cool kids. And, um, you know, when he would get made fun of for being a smelly motherfucker, uh, you know, one time, one of these, uh, some of the older kids, I think he was like, maybe, nine eight or nine at this point <laughs> and uh i guess i guess maybe yeah nine and um instead of like picking on him they asked him to go run some errands for them so like they kind of they realized maybe he had some use and so they uh he had to go pick up some stuff and then and feed their pigeons because mm. everybody like having pigeons was kind of a thing why dude it's <laughs> the they're cheap pets that you don't keep in the house yeah, you you can you know, in New it's York. It's a cultural thing, right? In New York, you, you can get put pigeon them on top. coops on the top of the building, and you can train them and, ca- and clap you can, them. You can race them. It's, yeah, you know, pigeons are really smart animals. Um, they come back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know enough about it. Well, that's all you got to know, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> is that really it? I mean, that's how you get in, John. I mean, John, this is just the basics for you. Wait, wait, to wait, start. Yeah, but what, what is everybody doing with these fucking pigeons? So I know racing. Um, they are excellent at directions. 
Yeah. Um, they can be trained extreme. I mean, very, pigeon. We've talked. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but like pigeons have won medals in wars. Yeah, yes, carrier yeah, pigeons, yes. right? And yeah. then messaging mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, and they're you know they're sweet little birds. I mean, we think of them as rats with yeah. wings, but they're they're good eats too. They, I mean, they, they you know they can be uh, they can look they can look pretty. Yeah. You know, they have they can have some nice foliage. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you put them on your roof, and you don't have to have a dog or a cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a you have a pigeon. It's going to shit in the floor, but the floor is all like straw and you mm-hmm. sweep it out. But, you know, it's something you look after and you feel, you know, it's a living plant. You ever yeah. fuck with birds? Yeah. I mean, they, they and they and they have personality. Yeah. I saw this thing where he's, he's it, it's, it's one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Joe told me to watch it. It's the Birdman of Boxing. And it's just Mike Tyson in England with a bunch of pigeon guys for like a half an hour. And mm-hmm. they all take pictures of them at the end. Yeah. And you go... Who made this and why? Why? Why did they make more? There's no more? introduction to it, and and it, but it's, it's just someone filming. But it's all these guys talking. About, I guess they have like they had championship uh, birds, mm-hmm. and um, and and they were talking about um, you know the different things about keeping it. And one of the things was that was interesting to me was um, the younger ones don't really clean out the coop, keep their their immune system stronger. After a certain age, that makes sense. Sure, then sure. it's they, a clean. Like, then, like then, you do with regular kids. Then it's a clean coop. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, they were talking about, uh, and you know, Mike's talking about ones that you know when they get lost and shit like that. The little tag they put around their their ankle or whatever and stuff, mm-hmm. so you know where it goes and like you know. It start, sounds like you know quite a bit, John. But I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. I all I know is that you can race them. But I don't know what else you can do. Well, there's, there's, uh, there's honestly you it's, can it's, bond. It's, 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 there's really there's something kind of magic about a flock se- setting a pigeon off and it flies and it flies and it comes and it back. Flies yeah. and it comes back. I guess like, yeah. yeah. And then a group of them too. Yeah. If they you know if there's a there's a beauty in the in the flock. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just I, I didn't know if there's more I was missing. It is you know oh. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, we're totally we're speculating. We've never had. I've never had pigeons. But oh, also, I, I but, had, but it is one. it is a really? thing. Yeah, you had pigeons. I, I had chickens growing up, but my dad uh, he found a, a pigeon once and he nursed it back to health, and it would fly around and come back. And then uh, when it got really when it got to back to full health, it flew back to wherever it came from. Oh, wow! And uh, he called it Poncho. It was very sweet. Mm. Wow. That is really sweet. I think that's part of it is just the idea that it goes in the sky and does the thing that we all want to do, and then it still comes back to you. Yeah, yeah I mean, I had chickens, and all of them, the chickens were very unique. Now, chickens do not fly. And they, they don't fly. I, I threw them off the garage roof a bunch when I was a kid. They really? could slow down, yeah, but I, not it, very it, well. It, you know, in retrospect, not a good idea. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, they were... But even then, I still cared for them. They were all really interesting. Well, it sounds uh, like you really cared for them. I did. I mean, by named, throwing them off the roof. Well, you know, that was... Tenderizing uh, them. And, you know. Psycho. And on that note, I think we should uh, take a little break. <laughs> sure. And we're back. Hey. Hey. <laughs> we were really gone there for a second. So how long, how, how old is Mike Tyson now, man? Yeah. So Mike, Mike is, uh, I think he's about 10. Trying now. to impress the, the bullies. Yeah, and you know, uh, the pigeons. The, yeah. You know, he gets, he gets, Trying to impress the pigeons. He gets he, enamored by the pigeons. He yeah. was born, he was born in, and in then, what, what year again? I'm sorry. He was born in 66. 66. So this okay. is about this time of 675, 76, mm. And he, um. Uh, one of the older kids, uh, uh, one uh, Barkim, 
uh, he is the one who's kind of running these guys who asks him to go get the stuff for the pigeon stuff and, you know, stop picking on Mike, even though he smells like shit. Mm-hmm. You could say that the pigeon man took him under his wing. wing? Nice. Um, wing. Do you know any songs by wings? <laughs> Love take you down <laughs> to the street. Um, That's not wings. That Nobody sings that. <laughs> And so, you know, Barkeem was like, listen, man, you got to fucking shower up. You got to, you know, eat. I'll, I'll pay you to come help me out with this stuff. So it gets some, some stink out. like a pigeon. Yeah. Uh, well, the young ones got to be stinky. They do. Is that what you were saying? That's right? their immune that's system. I'll tell you how I actually built up my own immune system. I followed the pigeon uh, system of <laughs> I took, immunology. I, I took a symbol of, of, of Drano to the dome. <laughs> yeah, after that, the immune system's like, oh, we got it. We I got cleared it. everything out to replace it with a pigeon <laughs> uh, uh, microbiome. I'll tell you something. I'd rather have a, a, couple, a, a symbol of Drano than this sale of Jedry right now. That's, but that, that's fact. <laughs> fact. <laughs> Doesn't come from... Southern Comfort. Oh, you disgusted. What? Oh, you're going for another one. Yeah, one of them Southern Comfort cocktails. Here we go. Oh. It tastes better on the way down. <laughs> oh, oh, is that a Comfort tsunami by Ooh. any chance? Oh. You can really no, taste the sugar. It's a Southern Comfort tsunami. It's called a monsoon. It's monsoon. Jesus Christ. So dumb. Oh. We should make like a Cajun seasoning called monsoon seasoning. <laughs> It's French, right? Monsieur. Monsieur. <laughs> God, warm Jim Bean that's been shipped to the fucking mail. It's got COVID. No. No, come on. No. Come on. Um, so Bar- Barkeem, you know, Barkeem shows him the ropes and some stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, he's still, he's, he's, you know, doesn't like getting picked on, but he's still getting picked on. But he's slowly getting a little and self- pecked on. He's, yeah, this is pecking order. So he's he's slowly getting showed the ropes, getting a little more conf- uh, you know, uh, self esteem, or confidence. Barkeem's like, I don't at- think that bad, Barkeem. Do I? <laughs> uh, goes on, starts starts like breaking into places with with this crew, um, breaking the houses, robbing people. Uh, it's it's pretty brazen shit. Yeah, and uh, this is this is is this isn't in their neighborhood though. Right this now, is, it's not. Okay. Right, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's not. Yeah. A, that's not a right. good trajectory. That's, that's the kind of unwritten rules. You don't break into your own neighborhood. Well, especially if you have to break into stuff, you probably nothing to steal in your neighborhood. Yeah. If it's bad, and, and it, you don't share what you eat. No, unless, unless you're, you're a pigeon. pigeon. <laughs> uh, Very good. Or there. pig and pigs. <laughs> what is this shit? Food? I don't care. <laughs> so he was. Uh, he was with his crew called the Cats. And some of the nice. cats got into an altercation with the Puma boys. Oh, no. Those are also cats. And so they stole a bunch of shit, and they were going to go to the park and have like a, 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 a du- uh, duke uh, it out. Yeah, a snap-off. Uh, yeah, with the three <laughs> some pistol, <laughs> with some stolen pistols, a uh, three fifty seven Magnum, an M1 rifle with a bayonet from World War One. He's like, no. you, never, you never know what kind of shit you find robbing people's houses. Oh, my True. God. Yeah. Uh, so and he's there, and they, he's walking to the park you know, with, with, uh, with his crew. I slaughtered Nazis with that bayonet. <laughs> this is just a picture of a family. <laughs> um, then you he hears a voice. He, he hears a voice from behind one of the cars. He said, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And he looks, and it was his brother Rodney. And he was mixing test tubes. Oh yeah, he was like, "I'm making a bomb." <laughs> this car runs on piss. <laughs> this is a mobile meth lab. So he just he just kept walking and went home. And he was that was he was ten. Jeez. And he was going into like just, is just because his brother was just behind a car. No, he was there on the other fucking side, basically. Really? Oh, his brother was a part of the Pumas. Yeah, uh, wearing no Adidas. Shit. 
Oh my God! It was uh, a popular show. Bro- so oh, really, his brother was was in the other. He, his his brother was a part of this fucking thing going down. But he's on some white people shit, so he's talking like I'm, this here. I'm the, I'm the I'm the smart brother from Die Hard. I'm Jesus, the one that does all the hacking. Jesus the Christ, Mike! What the fuck are you doing? Oh, dad, darn it, Mike! He, he, I just think of the black guy from Die Hard now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'll just hack into the mainframe here. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hire me for our winning personality. <laughs> <laughs> you hired me for my cable knit sweater. It's I'm a hacker, dude. <laughs> I'm hacking. I'm bingo. Hello, friend. Open sesame. <laughs> um, He's like that, but with chemicals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, uh, Mike would, you know, use his robbery. He, he, he was making... You know, hundred for a ten year old, he's and he's got a few hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and it's the seventies. You know, Man, rolls of quarters. So he's got, you know, he's bringing food home. Yeah, and so his sister and mom aren't <laughs> really like, food. like, yeah. aren't in a position to say anything, and they also like already know. Yeah, and they're not gonna say. You know, he's got nicer clothes. He didn't stink. Yeah, and he's bringing them food home and stuff. You know, uh, and so, <laughs> the, you know, yeah. they they knew where it was coming from. And they just considered him kind of a lost cause at that point. Um, Damn. And you know he 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 talks about how he's like you know I'm, I was starting to look the part and smell the part but like I still didn't have any swagger or confidence and you know one time I, I went and I was walking home from not going to school because he would just like show up to school eat free breakfast and leave yeah and then come back and then just like go home this has been tight y'all <laughs> thanks for the, thanks for the food I have learned a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, a, I did not shit my pants. He's a meatball. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will ever, never again. Uh, and so he tried to like get in on a girls' game of double touch, and they beat the shit out. Of him. <laughs> no, no way! No. The girls did. Mike, you stink. Dude, I get it, man. I got fucking tied down, like not tied down. I got yeah. held down by a bunch of girls one time, and they were fucking like holding me down and smooching me and stuff. And it was really, that fucked up. That's cool. Yeah, they fucking straight up like molested me. Really, and I was like circumcised you. No, oh, that explains. They botched it. You do seem there's lighter. A, there's a botched circumcision. Yeah. Um, like, look at this shit. It looks like calamari, man. This was like on the, on the on the playground, on the schoolyard, and they just like, yeah. fucking they held me down. It was mad fucked up. Uh, so I get it. I get where the violent. I mean, were, were you just, asking for it? Did you see what I, I was wearing? The, the Oshkosh uh, 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 overalls really were yeah. accentuating my uh, fourth skin. Like what? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, to, to take I'm it. I'm not traumatized I don't mean to it, so go please. to like it. But like, whoever thought that was a good rebuttal? What? They were asking for it. Like, how it, is that a good rebuttal no, in any way? asking for it is a, is a nightmare <laughs> like, rebuttal. Yeah. No, the, the, oh, they totally deserved it because the, they were wearing yeah, a thing. Yes. Yeah, the, it's, the, it's, it's, it's Bugle Boy, and then the Bugle is calling out <laughs> for a predator. Right. <laughs> it says gotcha. <laughs> yeah. um, Don't you know people are animals? Come on. Like, right, like, and like, that is some like, of, that what, is the thing behind it, that men are animals. How is that logic? Like, it's not logical. No, um, it's, it's insane to me. So... Scatological. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, you know, they fucked him up, and uh, he just again he, just, he keeps getting he gets beat up, but he's so he just goes on a robbing sprees and he gets more and more brazen. He starts like robbing from people in his own neighborhood. Damn. Like if his mom would have people over, Ooh. he would just like climb up the fire escape and go rob their shit and come yeah. back down. Oh, and then like sh- when they would be like, "Oh, Lorna, they fucking took everything. They took the baby food and shit." That she'd be like, "Michael, what'd you do?" He's like, "I didn't do shit. Looked in my room, did everything." He started all on top. Of the building, and then you go back and get it. Oh, like, the pigeons must have took yeah, it. Yeah, they're eating the baby food. <laughs> and they're called carrier pigeons, mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, Gobo pigeons. It's, yeah. So he just really, he, he said, you know, I was never shown any compassion, so I didn't even understand what that was. Like, oh, well, like so, ha- having guilt over it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I know, I, you know, I was fair game. So I considered everything fair game. And, yeah. that, and that also fits in with the hand on the burner. He's never, he's never been shown what compassion is. Mm-hmm. How does he know what it is? Mm-hmm. He's never yeah. felt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's also very Carl Pan's room too. Sure. Yeah. You know. Um, your predator or, or your prey. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. And it's just, uh, it's really fucked up, right? We don't have any idea what it was like, especially in that part of the country at that time being a, you know, fatherless black child. Oh it, yeah. It's yeah. just, it's just this, you know, you watch movies about it, uh, us as in our kind of age and socioeconomic strata. Yeah. And you see like, oh man, fucking New York's always wet and it's <laughs> steamy and it fucking, it looks right. like a nightmare. Right. You know? Oh, but yeah. it, that was like every day mm-hmm. for fucking 30 years in parts yeah. of New York. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and then, I mean, it's just one of those things where you go like, all right, think about being fucked up broke. And then it's January. It's fucking freezing. Like it's just, you don't have any heat. Yeah. Apocalyptically and then, but cold. Also, the people who have power are saying you deserve this. Yes, this is yeah. how you always are. And yes. you're like, wait, and then what? You, and then you steal more shit, and and it reinforces the thing. Yeah, and you're like, what? Yeah. Um, now also around this time, he, he I think he, he had uh, he'd already done like everything from coke. Yeah, to, yeah, to, he was doing you know. He was smoke, smoking weed, drinking. He was, he was 10, 11, 12. Doing yeah, and uh, probably smoked dust. I think he said, yeah, like the first time, he, like in that Rogan interview, he was like, oh, man. It's like, what was the first time he did like any of that? It, like, like nine. Yeah. I can't even imagine what the I thought fuck. a Drano at like three. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah. know, everything with the step down from there. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing inhibited <laughs> by speaking. That was a rush, <laughs> man. Give a fuck with Lime away. <laughs> 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 that, was, that got him good. Um, so uh, you know, so he, you know, one of the one of the times he, um, he, he, I think they scored a couple thousand bucks robbing somebody's house, and so he got his cut of like six, seven hundred bucks, and so Oof. he's like, I'm gonna go get some fucking pigeons, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it right, and so he bought a bunch of pigeons, got the guy got him in a crate, helped him onto the subway, and he's like fucking ten, eleven Jesus. years old. And, um, and this is not fun subway, New York. No, this is like fucking, what this is, is the, warriors. what were they called? The, the angels who are the, the subway angels in New York at the guardian angels. Guardian, that might've been like 82, eight, Fuck, 1980. Yeah, around there. But I mean, it got so bad. Bernie gets had a, had a Bernie fucking gets blow, blow some yeah, people's heads off. This is not a good time for yeah. the, the, the ride in the subway. And so, um, but he's got Mike Tyson there. He's got his pigeon and he goes and takes it back to his, his building. Um, one of his fucking bullies like starts fucking with his pigeons and grabs one of his pigeons. He's like, yeah, I'm going to give me my pigeon back. And he's like, oh, you give me my pigeons back. And he's like, you want it? And he just fucking rips the pigeon's head off in front of him. Jesus Christ. And, uh, they were like, don't let him do that. My, and like, he's crying, <laughs> like he's fucking like breaking down, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is probably one of the only like living creatures that ever showed any sort of dust, Docility. Well, no, no, no. But the, the it was birds, something that he ever no, showed. The birds do show an appreciation. They know when yeah. you're bringing food. They know yeah. when you're bringing water. Yeah. They yeah. recognize patterns. Yeah, and they, they recognize <gasps> you as some like you know. There they is used to be dinosaurs. There is there That's is exactly a right, thing. Even just with chickens, there's this weird where you're like, oh, okay, they're not yeah, being they're, the dicks to yes. me because they know, yeah, it's, yeah. There is. They're fucking idiots. There's a but connection. At the same time. Yeah. 
And so, and then, but it's also one of the only things that he's showing any sort of compassion sure, sure, to. Sure, right? right. And, and he's guy, learning. Hand and this guy rips his head off. Yeah. Hand. So fucking Mike beat the fuck out of him. Yeah, like for the he didn't know he could do it. Is this is this the story that became the that became the story of like the garbage man who threw away his shit and he beat the he he knocked him out? Because there's this story that I think is apocryphal about Mike Tyson being like the garbage man threw away some pigeons and then he knocked him out. I think that's apocryphal. The uh, this is the garbage from, man. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just up and took a pigeon. Yeah, like the garbage man is like pigeon cage and tossed it into the garbage. Like the and then Mike Tyson punched him and knocked him you out. Fucking motherfucker. And so I feel like this you is that knock- story. This is from Mike's mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's not only from the book, but I think he also told it on a few like other shows. Mm-hmm. Or interviews with he was Sports Illustrated or something like that, uh, and so, you know, he didn't know what he was doing, but he fucking threw a punch and, and beat this older kid up, and like he's like, I never felt, you know, more powerful or, or yeah, know. and I, so he's like after that he's like, I would just be going around telling my friends exacting revenge on people that <laughs> fucked me up growing up. We could just be walking that around town and I'd see somebody and be like, I hate that motherfucker. And no they would way. stop what he was doing and go beat somebody up. Oh, no. <laughs> if you excuse me for a minute, I have to handle something. <laughs> All right, wait, wait, wait. Revenge is a bit dish best served freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. And it's been a while. Best um, served fisted to him. You know, he would get shot at, get shot at by the cops. He's like, Whoa. it was just a bad time yeah. uh, in New York. Um, and eventually, you know, by the time he was 13, I think he had been arrested 38 times. Jesus. Um, and because he was a minor, most, it, it was, he was catch or release type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his mom would always beat his ass in the police station. Um, whenever he got caught. Damn. Um, and was in and out of juvenile detention a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they got diagnosed him as retarded. Um, saying that because that's what they called him. Yeah. Um, not because you love the word. <laughs> That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Developmentally retarded is what it was because his development was retarded. Right. They said. He's a friend. Um, <laughs> well, know, it definitely he, receded by several events in my past, <laughs> I must say. Yeah, the Grano didn't help. <laughs> uh, they, now, Liquid Plumber is a whole different category. <laughs> Liquid Plumber is yeah, my wrestling name. That's the good shit. Um, I was a Liquid Thumber, you understand? No, well, no I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just, it's liquid thumber. You dip your thumb on oh, liquid thumber. That's like fun. Now, that's mind. the real fun dip. Fuck the fucking thing, Mike. <laughs> thumb dip. It's going to be a character trait. It's my calling card. <laughs> um, they, uh, you know, so he, he gets sent like upstate uh, to like a kind of more involved detention fields. Like, you know, he's in juvenile hall. Sure. He's like an Adirondacks area. I don't, I don't, he's not, he's, it, he's it's not New, York. New York. Right. Okay, so yeah. like, beautiful country. Albany. Up here. Yeah. He's like, uh, wow, the trees, they skip Ritalin and go straight to Thorazine. Oh, so nice. Ritalin is, you know, that it's, you know, um, a stimulant for the get for ADHD or whatever. Right. The day. Thorazine is like a fucking, uh, tranquilizer. Tranquilizer. Yes. So he's like teed out. <laughs> um, and he's, you know, it just kind of numbs you, right? And so now he's he's <sighs> troubled, and he's at this he's at this place where he would still act out, and um, I think his mom would uh, he he was like, mom, I can't get any weed. His mom would like sometimes bring him weed to smoke. Uh, he'd get really pissed. That's off. pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Thorazine worked. I mean, fuck it, like you like. 
th- it's I, a, I know that I know this thing will keep my kid from being a maniac. Right. Like, what what the hell? What other options uh, do I have? They don't have any Drano. Like he's gonna be in jail. They're gonna fucking beat the shit out of him. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's all fucked up. I, I, mean, I would rather he smoke weed and get the shit kicked out of him in jail. Um, Let's just chill him out until he's thirty. Everything will be fine. Smoke him. So um. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so so he's he's there. He's he's in he's in the detention center, and he would see that some kids they 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 would accrue enough credits or 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 merit something, and then they would like disappear for the day, and then they would come back, and they'd come back like with black eyes, bloody noses, split lips, but with like they felt great. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, was like he, like, he, he thought that yeah. they were fucking getting fucked up because yeah. like you know you know social services is a joke back then and everything he, he didn't know what to think but he'd hear them saying like oh man we almost got him we almost did it so he's like what the fuck is going on i had the time of my <laughs> life and he's like are these kids some bdsm shit and it turns out they were going to see they were they were going to see mr stewart who's one of the counselors and they were they were boxing him yeah. So Bobby Stewart was one <laughs> of the. It's just like he's just punching kids all <laughs> yeah. day. All right, you're learning, kid. How do you like that? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you're all dry out of drugs, aren't you? Bobby Stewart used to be a professional boxer. Was a national amateur champ. Really? And he was teaching the kids who would earn enough merits or credits boxing. So yeah. you get enough credits so for being good to go get your ass whipped by yeah. Mr. Stewart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bobby. Hey, Bobby Stewart. Will you please beat me up, sir? <laughs> oh, man, you fucked me up good this time, Bobby. <laughs> please, sir, can I'm I have another? extra good this September. <laughs> the walk can be bad. The I can... And you really fuck me. I got, you know, I was... You know, yeah, Mr. Mr. Stewart. Stewart, I really gotta say you fucked me oh, up. Oh, boys, boys. <laughs> really quite bad. <laughs> what do you uh, mean? And uh, <laughs> You want me to beat the shit out of you? <laughs> oh, golly. So he, uh, they you fucking know, he, love it. <laughs> he asks how he can be a part of that group, you know? Uh, and like, How do what? I sidle my way into this crew? <laughs> <or> whatever. <laughs> but that, like one night, fucking dude knocks on his dorm door and he's like hey asshole I heard you wanted to see me what's up dickhead yeah hi and uh, he goes you know listen I'm teaching kids boxing maybe if you get your act right and fucking you know behave correctly maybe they'll they'll let you come box and Mike's like dude stop stealing meatballs for half a fucking second (laughs) (laughs) take the meatballs out of your pants you can fight me <laughs> if you stop smelling like <laughs> shit. Um, and so he, it's like, dude, I was calling everybody ma'am and sir, and I made my bed, and I, I just, I wanted to fight. Yeah. And uh, they finally let him, and so, you know, he he's going, and he makes, it's a weekly thing, and he was like, you know, I was thinking, like, I learned how to fight so I could go back home and rob people more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck them up. Yeah, and fuck them up. Um, but also, it is an avenue. Totally. Like, hand on the burner shit. Yeah. He learned that he could... He was it's good. A, it's well, a boulevard. Yeah. Well, he learned that it was something he was good at. Yeah. And, you know, the, the what turning point was when Bobby was like, yo, man, uh, you're, you're getting pretty good. Do you want to do this for real? And he was like, yeah. And um, is this shit for real, man? Yeah, like when you know he he was going and getting really good at it. And he was really fucking strong. He was he, he was fat. He was kind of a chubby kid, but like he was strong. Mm-hmm. He's big, and um, you know, Bobby would have would call his mom, and tell him how good he was doing. And his mom was like, ah, I don't know, 
And it sounds like bullshit. His mom was just like real <laughs> fucked up about it. You know who used to fuck people up, though? It was my mom, Bertha. <laughs> oh, my God. You should have seen her. She corrected a white man. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, she, she had a right hook that just that fixed relations. Well, well, I mean, I'm about to go back to, to making cream soda, but I was thinking I could get your, your kid into some kind of fisticuffs program or uh, so so Bobby tells Mike like listen you keep keep your act right and I want to I want to take you to see this old boxing coach that I know really this boxing trainer named Customato no Customato had a of course he had he was like Tell me everybody who's good at boxing in jail. <laughs> I need you to find these. These are my minor leagues. Yeah. My minor leagues. You're my eyes on the ground. You're my feet on, you're the ground, feet on the street. You gotta uh, tell me the fucked up ones. The real, the real animals. The guys that can hypnotize. I'm telling guys you. That were desperate. The ones that can beat you up even though they're on Thorazine. <laughs> <laughs> All the muscles the are real relaxed. bums, the right? They smell relaxed. like shit even better, right? You can't relax the mind. <laughs> so, um... So it's 1980. So Mike's like 13, 14. And Bobby drives him to the Catskills uh, to this old musty gym with no windows. Uh, Stinks. Like, you know, meeting center. It's above a police station. Oh, for the love of God. And um, so Cuss is there. His number two guy, Teddy Atlas. Yeah. Um, and so you know, Bobby and Mike spar for Cuss and Teddy to watch. And. Mike is beating Bobby around a little bit, and uh, but Bobby catches him and and bloodies his nose. So they they call they stop it from him. But Mike's like, "Yeah, please, it doesn't hurt. It's just bleeding. Please keep going. Please keep going." I like to fight this man. I would please, please, Mister Cuss, I like to keep going. And Cuss is like, I, "I've seen enough." And you know, as as Mike's getting like untaped and and taking all the stuff, you, he he whispers to Bobby, "Goes, that's the next heavyweight champion in the world." Damn, Jesus! And so they go to Cuss's house for lunch. It's an old Victorian house on 10 acres in upstate New York where he lives with his partner, Camille, and they're not married, but it's basically his wife, but they're not married. Common law. Common law, sure. She's yep. she's an old Ukrainian woman, sweet as pie, but mm-hmm. uh, because like had tax problems and shit, and so he didn't want to like put them on her. Oh, so they never got married. Uh, yeah. What cuss what cuss would do is he adopted a lot of kids, but what yeah. he would do is he would adopt boxers hmm. he would he would just i'm creating an army there were other kids living in the house yeah, yeah. so so the Cask- Caskills in new york so the adirondacks if you're looking at new york city i i had to double check this mm-hmm. but i had just to make sure so buffalo is in western new york yeah. and it's a shithole <laughs> no but I, i'll tell you western new york some of the most beautiful country new york I, is a beautiful state and and northern new york too the adirondacks i'm telling you man it's beautiful. It's, it's just cold. Beautiful. When I say it's a shithole, it's cold. That's it, all I mean. It, it, I Buffalo, Buffalo's depressing because you you march through, on the way there, you march through all of the abandoned factories. Steel mill, yeah, mill. You march through 100 years of America that moved west. Yeah. But, well, you know, like, you know, we talked about in... Uh, Woody, Woody Hall, Hall, you know, yeah, just yeah. how New York, Buffalo was the West. The West, yes. yeah, yeah. And that's just yeah. crazy. Yeah, because they, they, they opened up the opened up the Erie Canal and Buffalo was the West. And then all of a sudden it was Chicago. And then it was... But, but we do have a lot of Western New York followers. And I do got to say... It's beautiful. Going through there in the summer, oh, you've never seen a more beautiful place in my life. It's just, you know, it's just green trees and there's these hills and mountains. And, and leaves. As, it's, it's wonderful. So Adirondack, so if you're leaving New York City, which is in the 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 southeast corner of New York. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's is, a tiny, tiny little... Uh, borough. Uh, 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 clitoris. 
of, of the state. Mm, yes, the the yes, most yes. Uh, yes. heavily populated with nerves. Mm, but, you know, mm, the power, all the, all the real yeah, meat yeah, back yeah. here. It really shoots everything. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. But uh, New York is so big, too, that, like, that, you know, and that weird, you know, L kind of thing that it has. Yeah, yeah. When it goes west, it's a whole different oh, animal. Oh, shit. It's, it's, camera fell. It's a whole different animal to when you go north. And, you know, it's Albany and, you know, uh, Syracuse and all that type of shit. It's a, uh, it's just a, it's a different thing, um, and they have they they take on more of you know the uh, what is stereotypically New Englandish, a lot more a lot more arts kind of like places and people selling crafts on the front porch, you know, um, but also a little more red, red how politically. I would suppose it it would it would be not, not compared to other states, but that it is you know. But also, still, you know, a lot of those country places like New England and, and Vermont, et cetera, obviously can be more left too. Sure. Uh, so, so I mean, so the so from New York City in the southeast of 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 New York, if you go north from there, that's the Adirondacks. Yeah, and if you go never west, been, never hung out there at all. Never been the lovely country again. Albany, I mean Albany and Troy were the shirt. Troy was the shirt collar capital of the world, mm. um, and you know places mm. like Rochester, where where Sam Patch uh, died. That was a huge milling place. Yeah, and then once all of that died, it's now just business parks. Yeah, I mean if you want a really nice wig in Rensselaer or Troy at at one in the morning, go to Night Owl. Uh, they have a lot of wigs. Wigs. Um, that's kind of at I, one in the might morning. Be the best and wigs. It's one yeah. in the morning. I need a wig. Who do I call? Uh, so there's some good breweries there, but there's not. You know, it, it slowly fades away and you know gets closer to the city. Western New York is where the Catskills are. That's the place between Buffalo and New York City. I see. And that was something that I, oh, I completely did not realize. I always assumed Buffalo was in the north for years, and then I. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because it's, it's closer it's, to Canada. It's pretty, without thinking that. Right. Toronto is yeah at the edge of Western New York. Yeah. Western New York, God, it's so gorgeous. It's like, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. First time I went up the East Coast and it was just like fucking. I went through Tennessee and I was like, I remember driving through it and being like, oh, this is the longest I've ever you know been driving without seeing like so much as a telephone pole. <laughs> and then Western New York dwarfed that. Yeah. It was it's, just. It's a big state. It's massive, man. Uh, the Catskills and the boxing, the Catskills is uh, you know something we talked about in the um, slats. This is the slats episode, yeah. and uh, I'm, I, I was thinking about doing a mini Patreon episode. Um, it's it's from the. You ever notice how like uh, all of the rivers are called like school kill? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's a Dutch. It's a Dutch phrase. Right. Freak. Yes. So Catskill is another thing. And yeah, the, I wonder that about Bed Stuy too. It's Bedford Stuyvesant. Yes. Yeah. Is that uh, like it's probably Dutch. Dutch? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, because uh, it was New Amsterdam before mm, right. New York. Uh, anyway, so Peter so, Stuyvesant was the first mayor of. Right, that's the, where it comes world. from. Yeah. Um. So Mike in the Catskills or he, Adirondacks? He, 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 he goes. He goes to the. He goes to Customato's boxing gym in the Catskills, right. which was the boxing gym for. Uh, uh, well, it was the. It was the yeah, place to be. Yeah. It, at that point, maybe not, but at one point, yes, because Cus did train Floyd Patterson. He trained right. Floyd Patterson. He trained Muhammad Ali. Yeah, um, they had a connection. He wasn't he wasn't Ali's like trainer during his heyday, but he did at one point train Ali. Huh. And he's and now he's this old guy. And so they go back to his house and they have lunch. Um, 
Cuss didn't believe that Mike was only 13. You know, he was probably like 175 pounds. Right. Five seven. Yeah. That's, and he's like, come on. Tell me what you're doing. Come on, kid. <laughs> what are you from Puerto Rico? Let's see your fucking birth certificate. Yeah, you want to pitch you the world series? Yeah. <laughs> he must be having me on. <laughs> and he said, you know, and he had he's got that, you know, that fucking New York accent, you know. I think he's from the Bronx, actually. I think Cuss was from the Bronx. And oh, so for real? Like, yeah, you look splendid, kid. You're a great fighter. And uh he said, If you listen to me, I can make you the youngest heavyweight champion of all time. Champion. Uh, and um, I'm talking about a champion kid. <laughs> and so he went to uh, he started going to Cusses every weekend to train out of the juvenile detention center. Jesus. And he like he went back. He rode the bus back and forth every weekend. Like he's like, yo, Mike, telling talking to himself like this is your ticket out of hell. Yeah. He's like every weekend I would go. This was one step out of hell for me. Damn. And he dedicated himself. He was still a little shit. Yeah. But he he knew the opportunity that had been presented to him. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, Cousin Cousin Teddy had dealt with shits before. I mean, even, yeah, you know, and boxing has been traditionally, you know, it's the sport of the lower class to make its way out. It is, yeah. Jews, Indians, Irish, but it also was always as far as whatever the lowest class at the time. When is. you talk about the 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 like the rehabilitative thing too, it's like, uh, you know, they talk about that thing again in in the Panzeram thing where they let him out for the weekend and it was like, okay, but what's he doing? Right. Is he striving for anything, or is he just going into town and fucking around? Because all that's going to do is let him go straight back into prison. Right. So it's like, you know, you have to, if you're going to be, like, lax or, 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 or like, chill about, you know, uh, the de- like, the de- detention shit, they still have to be going for something. Right. That is, Structure. yes, you know, uh, and also a goal. Yeah. But also, you know, if, if anybody from that prison talks to Teddy or, or Cuss... And they say good things. Yeah, I mean that's gonna that's yeah. gonna that's enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Cus gave him this old boxing encyclopedia, and he just you know he tore it up. Like he 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 was he was an extremist. Like he just always went into everything manically. Yeah, his thirst for knowledge it's, too. It's is, really impressive. Is really uh, compulsive. Yes, mm-hmm. every and and he's like that with so many things. Uh, but, and, and, uh, of course with history and especially history of boxing, yeah. um, you know, he would read about all those greats and just like, he just fucking ate it up and yeah. he eventually, and we'll get to it later, like he finished cuss sentences when he was quoting stuff about old boxers and like, fuck the kid fucking knows more than I do already. No shit. And there, there's a scene in this, uh, watch me now doc where, uh, Tyson in the early eighties, he, at Teddy's house, they have all of these reels. Yeah. And that was what was so boxes. like time and place like everything coalescing at the right time was that Teddy and Cus had the, like an, it was before YouTube yeah. and they had like, they had, the a, YouTube. World, they had a world-class collection yes. of fight films that yeah. nobody else had or yeah. very few other people had. All, all of the best boxers from the <laughs> from 40s, Dempsey 50s, downward. 60s, yeah. 70s and they were all there on, on film. If you yeah. wanted to watch them, you can, and there's video of Tyson watching them going, oh, okay. Yeah. You see, and he'll like tell you what's going on here. And, yeah. I mean, he would read the training regimens of guys from the 1880s mm-hmm. and then compared to the guys in the 1950s, he was like, fuck this guy from the 1980s was training harder than the guy from the fifties. Yeah. He'd run 20 miles and then fight and stuff. Like just, he was a, he is a real scholar of the sport. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's the exact that, same thing I think of every time I would, I would, I would read about uh, Bobby Fisher reading about Paul Morphy. Mm. Yeah. Just being like, here's, here's the guy of his day, 50 years before me, best in the world. And, it's, and they both you know, lost and, their fucking and, mind. And it's Jack Dempsey or whatever, you know, and like, 
and just being like, oh yeah, and and thinking about his style and thinking about like all all the advancements that have you know have been made you know since then, and uh, you know you can just see it was such a clearer thing, but also still really respect it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, Please go on because I'm going to interrupt you uh, later. Okay. Um, at a certain point, um, you know he he. He's no longer a fit for the detention center. They see his potential, and he doesn't necessarily need to be in the detention. Like I think his time is up or whatever. And is he gonna go back with his mom, who doesn't really give a shit? I mean, his mom's really fucked up and yeah. really destitute. It's a bad place to be. It's a bad place to be. So, Cus and Camille adopt him. Basically, he, he one he, of the uh, uh, many, uh, again, many uh, one of a uh, many five, like five other kids at the maybe that not even that that many kids at the place now, but but he had adopted fighters. He, yes, he for years. he had adopted. And I mean, that's gotta be so weird. That's gonna be so weird to think that, like, you're like, oh, this new one he's got is actually gonna make it. Well, like, th- I and think we're th- and we're not. <laughs> no, no, they, it was, I was the first hope. Just, just even honestly, just watching. I think this is actually him becoming his guardian. I think later he actually adopts him. Right. Jesus okay. Yeah. This is this is him becoming his guardian, his legal guardian. So his mom signs the paperwork over. Um, everybody there though, the, you know, there's an understanding of like, we're all boxers here. Yes. It's yes. not, it's not necessarily competing against each other. It's competing this is a, for boxing. Yeah. This is a live in boxing camp. Yeah. With, you know, Obi-Wan. The Russian you, thing. You, yeah. the, 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 it's the team. We're fighting, we, we, no, you're at the house. You do the dishes. You, you know, you fold the laundry, you take care of your room. Yeah. And you stay there. Yeah, and there's chores. I mean, Cuss, Cuss like, would wake up in the morning and set the table before anybody got up, and then you'd have to run. You'd have to eat breakfast, and you'd do your run and all that stuff. It, there was a regiment, and it was disciplining kids who didn't have structure often. Um, but, like, Cuss, the, you gotta, like, Cuss was this, you know, you said he was into a straw. He was into all these, you know, tried and true methods. And, and and very old school methods, but also like he was into nutritional therapy and life effort, like a uh, positive affirmation, law of attraction stuff. Um, he was into a lot of stuff that was off the beaten path as well. Like, I mean, he would mind fuck Mike. Like he, he had Mike pegged pretty quick. He would do the pimp thing, like where he'd sit you down, you tell him your life story, and then he'd fucking peel. He talked about peeling away the layers of an onion to get to you. And he just, he fucking pegged Mike real quick. Okay, okay. <laughs> The first thing, John, he, I'm just, I'm, I'm just because. I mean, you know what? Continue, and then I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll probably get the answer to my question. When he first started going to Cusses, Cusses wouldn't, wouldn't even let him box. No boxing. That's a perfect move. You don't get the box yet, right? Uh, he just watch, wor- watch, work out, like exercise and train, and just you know, speed bag and jump rope and shit like that. You know, um, train, but no boxing. And then he would just sit him down and make him talk about his feelings and emotions. God. And um, he talked about the spiritual aspects of the game. And he he would say things like, if you don't have the spiritual warrior within you, you'll never be a fighter. I don't care how big or how strong you are. Um, He said, fear is the greatest obstacle to learning, but fear is your best friend. Fear is like fire. If you learn to control it, you let it work for you. If you don't learn to control it, it'll destroy you and everything around you. Like a snowball on a hill, you can pick it up and throw it or do anything you want with it before it starts rolling down. But once it rolls down and gets so big, it'll crush you to death. So one must never allow fear to develop and build up without having control over it. Because if you don't, you won't be able to achieve your objective or save your life. Very smart. Um, and the then fire would, thing is uh, it's great. perfect comparison. 
uh, he, he would, he would get into, you know, a deer in the field and adrenaline and allow the adrenaline, you know, the, the adrenal glands fire adrenaline into your bloodstream, allowing you to, to perform superhuman feats and just kind of yeah. like build, just building up this, you know, tell basically telling like you can do superhuman things, you yeah. know, um, says, you think, you know, the difference between a hero and a coward, Mike? Well, there is no difference between a hero and a coward in what they feel. It is what they do yes. that makes them different. The hero and the coward feel exactly the same, but you'd have to have the discipline to do what a hero does and to keep yourself from doing what the coward does. Your mind is not your friend, Mike. I hope you know that. You have to fight with your mind, control it, put it in its place. You have to control your emotion. Fatigue in the ring is 90% psychological. It's just the excuse of a man who wants to quit. Mm. The night before a fight, you won't sleep. Don't worry, the other guy didn't either. You go to the weigh-in, he'll look much bigger than you and calmer like ice but he's burning up with fear inside. Mm. Your imagination is going to credit him with abilities he doesn't have. Remember, motion relieves tension. The moment the bell rings and you come into contact with each other, suddenly your opponent seems like everybody else because now your imagination is dissipated. The fight itself is the only reality that matters. You have to learn to impose your will and take control over that reality. Yeah. He was just, just this the guy who thought in mythological terms. He, he talks about... Uh, but it's, also, it's, it's also very, like, sensei. It's also very, you know... Without a doubt. Well, yeah, but, that, I mean, that's what just that... It sounds like Obi-Wan. I mean, I mean it, anybody... It's, it's teacher, you know, sensei, teacher. You know, it's, it's this idea of how do you impart a lesson in ways that are, is understandable. And one of the things that he, he, he talks about, he, he says... I don't know if it's him or Teddy, but he says, you can't punch thinking about being hit right you have to know you're going to be hit yeah Mm -hmm. you can't think oh i'm gonna get hit i'm gonna the moment you start thinking about you being hit then you're not thinking about what you're going to do yes yes he would he would um he'd sit mike down so you gotta get out of your head you know you gotta transcend focus relax until you see yourself looking at yourself tell me when you get there (laughs) And he talked about having out-of-body experiences in the ring. Custed. Custed. He would talk about, he said, he, he said, Cuss claimed he could even control events using his mind. <laughs> he told me about the time he used to train Rocky Graziano. And one time Cuss was in Rocky's corner and, and Rocky was like fucking just getting real tired. He was just like, oh, fucking throw a right jab. And, and he did and he won. He was like, fucking, I just felt like I willed it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the guy went down, the ref stopped the fight. And, um, you know, he was just, Marciano. No, Graziano. Graziano. Oh, really? Yeah. But, so that's. He was a much but, more thankful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Graziano. He was doing, feelings. you know, he had a book called Self Mastery Through Conscious Autosuggestion, which is by this French pharmacist and psychologist named Emile, Emile Cue. Uh, I'm also a pharmacist. He was a guy who was like, if the words don't work, try this Librium. Uh, you know, he, he would every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Had to be like one of his, you know. And so, you know, it's pretty tight. So, Cuss is an interesting guy. Like, he. Very. Yeah, he's, he's worth a. a his own. I watched this thing because I was thinking about doing a profile on him for this weekend, and then I started looking to it, and I said, "There's no way. There's enough no, time." Yeah, there's to, not enough to, time. He's he's such an 
And he was like, you know, it's, there's a reason they gave the prequel trilogy to Obi-Wan because they're like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. yeah. What's his story? And because of boxing, he's involved with all of these gangsters. Yes. There's, it's, yeah, he, he, no... was, he was he was he was vehemently vehemently anti corruption, hmm. egalitarian, socialist, and also and also just uh... hated paying taxes to a corrupt government. That's why he had tax tax problems in life. Really, he hated Reagan. Thought Reagan was the devil. Wow. Um, he he got he was trading Floyd Patterson, and he got into like issues with fucking Roy Cohn. Whoa. And Roy Cohn stole Roy, Roy, uh, Floyd Patterson away from him, basically. Which is, which is very reminiscent to what we'll, see, what we'll see with Don King. I yeah, guess. which yeah, exactly. In in fucking Roy Cohn, notorious friend of Donald Trump and notorious AIDS death. Now let me ask you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right though. You're right. Let me let me ask you something. No. Do you think? <laughs> Can I? <laughs> yeah. Do you think that Mike inherently was open to? Uh, weird shit or do you think being with Cuss made him more open to weird shit I think people you know people like Mike Tyson are I mean he's special in some ways but in some ways he's just like everybody else and um, sometimes all you need is a little bit of daylight yeah, mm. yeah, you, well, yeah, yeah. You need so, you need something you trust. Yeah, like you know, people. Most people don't rob because of the thrill of it, mm-hmm. or because they like. I mean, have you, have you ever done anything bad? Isn't it fucking scary as fuck? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you do it enough times, there does become eventually a thrill. there becomes a thrill. But the, the the first time you steal, it's, it's usually fucking, for it's really scary. It, yeah, or you yeah. know, anytime you do yeah. something for the first time, it's usually something out of passion or desperation. Mm, yeah. And then eventually you can become, you know, addicted to that and then it becomes its own thing. But yeah. he's not, sometimes you just want somebody to hug you. Yes. Sometimes you just want an opportunity. You just need a chance. Um, I think Mike is an extremist. I think he's obsessive and I think he's compulsive. Yes, and he's I, 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 I think it's inherent in him and, uh, yes, to be somewhat like voracious. us. I think they kind of uh, actually like met and realized that they were like perfect for each other kind of into the same shit you know it's very much like Cus saying but Cus mind wiped him like Cus we'll we'll get to more of it sure 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 okay but it's just a perfect match made in you know the books of myth and fairy tale yeah and, uh, you know, so in this uh, Watch Me Not documentary there's a scene it's a five minute scene where Tyson is just jumping rope and Cus just goes, you're not thinking about now. You're not thinking about fighting. Mm. Your mind is somewhere else. Yeah. He's just jumping rope. And yeah. Cus is going. And he's jumping rope fast. You're not here. You're not here right now. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. And, you know, Tyson's like 15, 16. Jesus. But also, you know, at that age, you don't have, you don't have the shield. You don't have the, the phony. You're yeah. not faking it. It's, no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. obvious. It's obvious to people who know you. And Cus is a guy who has met so many people who are coming up through shit and, and boxing is their, their way out. And, uh, you know, uh, Teddy, you know, Teddy Atlas is, is, was his trainer. You know, Teddy Atlas is a guy who was, a, he, he worked under Cuss and he was, he knocked everybody out. And then Cuss was like, why are you wincing? And eventually they realized that Teddy had like a, he had a spinal problem. Because you know, because they recognize the cuss recognized that it's like you don't you don't want to. This is hurting you, 
And there's another guy that is in that, this guy, Kevin Rooney, yeah. who would they become... Uh, become Tyson's chain eventually. Would become, and he's in this too, and he's just this young guy. And they were like, friends growing up, Tyson, uh, Rooney and, and Atlas. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? And and he's just like, he's bad at boxing, and, 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 and Cus goes, I think it's Rooney in this. It doesn't say, but I think it's Rooney. It looks just like Rooney. And it's like, Cus is like, well, everybody said he'd be a terrible fighter, but this is the one guy who followed his theories. Right. And he became a decent fighter, even though he was terrible, because he followed his theories. And there's so this, there's this belief and understanding of this is how things work, and this mm. is how the best way to do things. Yeah, kind of the field experiments on the way to success. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah. Yeah, and you but know. it's true. Isn't it fucked up that it works? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and, you know, the uni- God, nature, the universe kind of, you know, it's, it damns you with age because you're too, your body is no longer able to do the things you know that work. Right, right. right. And if only I had your body and, <laughs> yeah. and all the things I mean, that I know every now. Every horror movie is like, I'm making you like I was. Yeah. yeah. Youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they yeah, got Cus, everything, they know nothing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cus, I mean, Cus, I mean, he because always it, it, fought for the little guy, you know, uh, to shout liar at the TV when Reagan was on. The money was a thing. Money is something to throw the back off train. The throw off the back of trains. Hmm. Um. You know, and and he, he saw that you know he didn't want Mike to go back to Brooklyn because he thought he might get stabbed or go back to jail. And so he has a move. He moves in with him instead of going back, coming to Cuss's three days a week or whatever, or going to school and coming on the weekends. He moves in with Cuss. Mm-hmm. Like okay, you know, so he's his guardian and he straight up moves in. Um. You know, but he, he, and he would tell Camille, like, his, you know, he'd be like, I think this is the one I've been waiting for my whole life. Yeah. Um, That's his wife. Or common law. Yeah. Um, he, uh, She's Ukrainian, no tax problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this is the one, huh? <laughs> you, you said know, that about I mean, the he, four he, boys. You know, he was, this is the first person, one of the first people you know, there's a gravitas to an old white man when you're a young black man. Yeah. In 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 Mike's situation, I'm not saying that for everybody, but in Mike's situation, this is you know. Well, this. it's the Lorna. Right. If you've grown up knowing about Lorna, then you kind of go like, you know, maybe, maybe some person right. in a position of power right. and it's, will you know, be kind to me. the bullshit white. It's some white savior shit, but in this case for him, it's it's so much deeper than that, right? Well, because he go he can go to that gym in the Catskills and he can look at the wall and see. Customato and Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Customato. Yeah. And you can go, oh, okay. Like, and, you know, but Cus, like, figured him out. So he, you know, he, he would say things like, you know, they think they're better than you, Mike. Do you think that they're better than you? I don't think they're better than you. You afraid of white people? Are you afraid of people with beards and mustaches? Because you shouldn't be. <laughs> like, you know, you, you, you better not be one of those. I've, I've had a lot of black fighters that were afraid of hitting white people. I don't want you to be afraid of hitting white people. It's like, and he just had to. <laughs> so this, you'd go after, like, insecurity and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. But he, but he would also build Mike up. I mean, he would say shit like, um, gosh, I think I have some stuff. No, but even, even doing that is him building. Right. Well, you got to do it too, right? I mean, uh, if you, you listen to me, you'll reign with the gods. You'll supersede all the greats. You'll make everyone forget about them. They're not even close to what you are. You are a colossus among men. Yeah. You would say shit like that to him. Yeah. I mean, he would just build him up. You know, you will be immortal. You know, one one month of a championship belt is a million times more worth than a lifetime of obscurity. Wow. You're reading about this guy in the book who has half a page, but you're reading about him. Everyone yeah, else yeah. is dead. Right, but then you also have to manage uh, uh, the humility to be trained and directed and taught. And that's what, anytime Mike would win and in any, it was good. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. 
<laughs> These hands were sloppy. He would ne- after a fight, he never complimented him. Uh, he was always that, picking you out what was wrong. So, do you, I mean, do you think that? I mean, because because Mike, I mean, to this day, is like a fairly humble guy. Who? Uh, Tyson. Well, after a number of things have happened to him, and he's gone through things, but yes, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get to more. We'll get to these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he he continued peeling him away. He was a master of psychology, uh, it, or you know, um, self-taught. Because uh, do you think he was sociopathic in his manipulation? No, is I guess what my main question. No, because it's I mean like no. the hypnotizing. But he, I mean there was yeah right. Yeah, he hip, took hypnotizing. It, we'll get to it. We'll get no, to I know, it. but I'm just saying like. But the, you know, what do they do to professional athletes all the time? You think they don't do that? Sure, and also... Do you I know mean, what kind of horseshit professional athletes go through? I mean, despite it, it, the it, millions of dollars? I mean, they shoot them up with shit. They work them. They get paid pennies on the dollar to what their owners and, and managers make. Like, yeah. It's they a, it's they a, are putting the sports psychology... Them running, they're working. Mm-hmm. It's this is what happens to with racehorses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and at least, at least with the humans... You don't know what the racehorses want, but you know that these yeah. athletes yeah. want to be the best. Yeah. And so you're helping, be, I think you're so, helping them be yes. the best. I think sociopathic, sociopathic would be sending him back to where he came from. That would be right. so that's, a nightmare. Uh, that is valid, super valid. But I wonder in that way that we were talking about like how when they had um, the sex scenes on the deuce, that they had an intimacy coordinator. That all every, mm. every production has him now. Yes. I wonder if with young, desperate athletes, if there should be some because you, you can Probably, look, you can yeah. look to your your agent and your manager. They all get a percentage. Cuss wasn't so whatever any money. He's an amateur at this point. No, I know. I'm just saying, like you know, whatever fucking shit they would have to go through, they'd be like, "Well, you got to take that because I, I, I'm yeah, getting no, a commission." I, I, I understand. You know what I'm saying? I understand. I understand. That. It's one of those things where it's just like, okay, but if he's his guardian. We can have the state tell you how to parent your kid. <laughs> okay, yeah, but also fathers can molest their daughters. So they what can, but they shouldn't. Yes, but they should not. But nobody shows up and makes sure every night that they're not. Uh, uh, no, I'm just saying that there is, you know, there's a lot to it's be. It's not an employee relationship. Do are you saying? Uh, I mean, let's it's not bring whole, let's not bring the law into us. Let's talk about what you're getting at. What you're getting yeah. at is what he is doing. Fucked up. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's making him get beat up and beat up. I mean, listen, I, I've had coaches that made me do shit I didn't want to do all the time. I ran till I puked. I did yeah, shit till right. I puked yeah. all the time. Yeah. And my mom got really mad about it. But like, here's the thing. I told her, like, I wanted to do this. Yes, yes. I, I'm, you know, there, there's, I'm not there's cons- still wearing helmets. I'm not know, concerned like- about him making him the ideal, like, warrior. I'm I'm concerned about the long-term effects of whatever he's going to do. I think do you recognize to... that any sort of mind games he was playing on Mike would only benefit him in the long run. Yeah. Um, for example, he, you know, he would, um, Mike had trouble doing, sometimes he, he neglected doing his chores around the house. And he would say things like, um, fuck, what did he say? He said, uh, yeah, do you just find joy in doing the chore. Yes. And, and Mike's like, how do I do that? And he goes, well, listen, because doing something you have to do, like you l- love to do it, is good conditioning for someone aspiring toward greatness. That is the best advice. That is Do the- something you don't like doing like you love it. Yes. And that is, you'll, everything else will be easy. Yes. 
and uh, and he never had to be reminded to take out the trash again. Mike was somebody, it seems like from not just what I've read in his own account, but other things. It was somebody that he didn't need to get t- told things too many times to straighten up his act when it was from the right person with the right yes. motivation. Yeah, no, no and no, I was no, that no, way too it, in high school. Absolutely. Like, no, I mean, just my is. own person. Like, yeah. when I had a one or two times my coach told me, like, yo, don't don't do that because this is the reason why, and you're better than that. And it, like it, 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 it was like I leveled up as a person. Yeah. Like immediately on certain things, it yeah. changed the way I looked at everything. And I can't believe it, it took some guy who wasn't my dad to tell me. But no, oftentimes it, it, but, it know, works better when it's not your dad. You're told to do a thing and you go, why? And they say, do a thing because, and then someone who you trust tells you, don't do this thing because yeah. it's bad. And you go, oh. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And it I just, I, because you also, I knew. you want that validation and. Mm-hmm. Right. And you and, also, what you're, you're, you're playing when you, when you change the in way that you, moment, you're playing a yeah. part with someone that you trust and like. And so you're, you become a team almost. You, yeah. you changing is you working with them. Yes. And, yeah. you, and you see, you, you compromise. Yeah. Compromise. And also, you know, when you're getting told to doubt things, uh, that you accept as fact, like dealing with insecurity. Yes, yes. It also inherently teaches you critical thinking, right? Yeah. Questioning things, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot of the reason why people will not want to do fucking because they're like, why do I have to do it? And you go like, well, just do it because like it would make, you know, it would make your spouse happy if the fucking kitchen was clean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do it and be happy about your spouse being yeah. happy. And if you have to ask, you should be embarrassed. Yes. <laughs> but you ask, so I'll tell you. Yeah. Because everything will be better. Because because yes. everything matters. Yes. And everything does matter. And so I think what I'm worried about subtly in my head about him being manipulated, I think probably Cuss probably already knew that Mike's head was a difficult thing to get around. Because he'd already learned so much yes. about critical thinking. He, I think he broke him down and, and, and built him from the ground up. And, and Mike, I mean, was, Mike wasn't the first yeah. guy like this that Gus had dealt with. He was ma- the most talented yeah. guy like this Gus had ever dealt with. Yes, but also like his, his inhalation of all the knowledge of the old champs and stuff that exists to this day. If you talk about Mike and like, you he's know, a, he's, a, he's, he's a, a complete boxing scholar. Boxing scholar. Yeah, and, 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 and Gus... I mean, there's no way he didn't recognize the fact that this guy is sucking all this in. Yeah. Like he said about him being a cancer, he's like, you, you know, your hand on the stove. Yeah. Hand on the stove can also translate to watching every single mm-hmm. reel mm-hmm. of every fight. And you know what you don't forget? When you burn your hand. Yeah. Like some, you know, yes, those type of people need to do that to know it, mm-hmm. but they also never forget it. The harder I have to feel it to believe it. Yeah. Most have said What? That. The hard-headed have to feel it to believe it. That's right. Yeah. Most deaf. Most deaf. Yeah. Talib Kweli. I just think I'm like, probably like, you know, being like protective, like as I hear it in my head. But also I, I, I think I'm, by virtue of doing that, I'm also underestimating how smart Mike is. No, I'm glad you're asking the question. Yeah, and, and how uh, good-natured Cuss might be. Yes, yes. And also how bad Mike had it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's making somebody into a weapon is a very fucking, you know, dastardly you know dangerous thing if you go about it anyway irresponsibly sure but and and maybe we'll take a break after this but (laughs) i know people that went into the military and they came out a million times better right Right. and that act you know you know what what mike went through and what some men and and now and and women and transgendered folks as well go into the you know 
it's for the lack of a better word, an initiatory or mystical experience. It's yeah. one of the few we have left as, as people like civilized people. Rites of passage. Right. And yeah, those yeah. things are important they, to put you, run you through the gauntlet and yeah. you learn something about yourself in these, in these trials, you know, um, we're not a Luke Skywalker. We all can't fucking fight our dead inside a tree. <laughs> <laughs> To realize that we are he. Yeah, that we're him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have to, you go through things that are uncomfortable and fuck you up, but when you come out the other end, you look, you know, when Michael looks back on this stuff, he knows what's going on. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, oh, he fucked me up and I'm a Manchurian candidate. No, he, he goes, appreciates. I know, yeah. I mean, I, he's, dude, he says like, cuss was my God multiple times in this book. Yeah. And and, and, and he, he, like, I, I have this, theory and we'll get to it later but you know i think uh it's mad obi-wan shit because it's it like it's like he is immortal now it is because i would say if mike could have a conversation with anybody it would be cuss i think he has conversations with cuss every day <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. I, th- yeah i think cuss didn't die in mike's eyes and we'll get to that after this break And we're back. Hey. Hi. Everything in my teeth? No, you look incredible. Thank you. Wow, you have really nice teeth, Aaron. My teeth, my bottom teeth are all fucked up. We'll, get, am, we'll get to the Patreon. a little that's janky. I didn't have braces or nothing. Yeah. I wasn't any of these pre jailbait point styles. Too, man. My dentist keeps saying, my man, do you want some... Uh, Adult braces? Yeah. Like he says, my man? Yeah. And then he gives you a like, smoke on this peace pipe. <laughs> no, no, it's... We'll get my you. man. This is a patient. Soul brother. <laughs> no, no, not but even he's that. a white guy no, with like a balding no. dreads. You don't want a retainer uh, or nothing? He's a white guy with Jesse Ventura long hair. That would have been, that would have been <laughs> he's something. He's sick. He's sick. And he's a pervert. He's disgusting. My man, would you like to get some adult braces? I was once the governor of Minnesota. I've got a satellite uplink to Amazon.com. And I can get you some adult braces. The cream will rise to the top. Cream in the ground. Oh, boy. Anyways, so. Yes. We're talking about uh, the. Customado. Customado. You know, so he's, he's, he's. Training Mike, not only physically and and not only psychologically, but mentally and spiritually, right? Yes. Um, and Mike really, you know, has, in the book, he's it's like he's still he's just got this total recall. Um, there's just so the the book is full of phrases and 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 life lessons from Cuss, and we can yeah. spend a whole episode going on that. And we'll, well, we'll talk about the, the the retention of it is also uh, a testament to Mike's. Obsession, yeah, and and also that you know it was the thing of like uh, you know before you make it is always the the, the challenging part and uh, the interesting part and that's why you remember every fucking like you know uh, tr- sparring session with Cuss in attendance, but you know fucking uh, like if if he's doing coke with Alec Baldwin, he I don't remember he that. He doesn't remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or is that? But it's also it's the hero's journey. Right. He is in the underworld. He has met his master. His master has taught him, and now he is going to re-enter right. the world. But not without did. a few refusals of the call and a few mm, trials and that's tribulations. Right. That's right. Um, so, you know, um, Cus, um, you know, I, I told you that he, he, he gave him these, 
you know, life lessons and, and, and uh, you know, explain why the importance of doing the chores because they're good training for greatness, you know, these things like that. Mm. And so Mike sort of just, in the same way that he, he strained up at Juvie, in the same way that he dove in headfirst into the Encyclopedia of Boxing, and, uh, and he also just, he would just start waking up before Cuss and setting the table and then yeah. go on his run, three-mile run in the morning, and then come back, and Cuss would be pissed. <laughs> Really? Yeah, he'd be like, well, who set my table? You know, Cuss has got a cataract. He's half dead. Ah, who set my, who set my ah, table? And Michael's like, I did, Cuss. And he, and, you know, Cuss would be like cooking like fucking whole sides of bacon and eggs and sure, shit. Sure, sure. And, you know, um, but it's that thing that makes you feel good and this guy's taking you away from it. You're supposed to be the first one awake. And now this kid that you're training, the protege is going, he's seeing, oh, I get Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. <laughs> In fact, Norm, Norman Mailer gave Cuss the book Zen and the Art of Archery because he said, you're a Zen master and you don't even know it. Whoa. They were real, they were friends. Mm. No way. Mm-hmm. Uh, World War II vet, Norman Mailer also, yeah. uh, along with uh, Vonnegut and fucking... Uh, yeah, Mailer wrote a, a bunch of stuff about uh, um, Ali and Frazier. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, but speaking of Ali, oh, go ahead. but it just, it is a thing where you go like, the kid is understanding what I'm telling him matters. Or even if he doesn't yeah. understand it, he's, he's trying. He's yeah, going for I it. Think yeah, he, I mean, by virtue know, initially of, he's pissed, but I think he understands like it's working. By virtue of doing it, you're getting it, right? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's, it's a kid. You know, sometimes they just do things because they think that's the thing to be done. But also that can be a way of learning. Yeah. I mean, if you are up before your teacher slash master slash sensei and you're seeing everything they do and how they prepare and how they enjoy it. <laughs> right, right, right. How they enjoy uh, it. You know, the, the, the chore. Doing Not it, just the act, doing it, but yeah. the, the feeling. And, the and pleasing you. And, and you know, Cuss is at a point where it's not like Mike is a threat to him. No, it, no, Cuss no. is beyond. Cuss is in his toy. Cuss is no Cuss is eighty. There's yeah. no threat. There, you know, it's not like he's a forty year old and you're and he's threatened so by this young man threatening his throne. He's just yeah. like, you know, he's beyond that. So I think, yeah. I think he he's, he's pissed in the beginning because like, ah, who set my table? But I think he understands that he's he's reaching the kid, right? And also, even just that act itself can motivate because the kid notices maybe he says that with the way that it's antagonizing but with a wink yeah like oh sure. who set my table wink who could have done this this is my what, way what of great boxing champion exactly it's my way of complimenting you with right. well it's that recognizing first, it. it's yeah. that first time too that you kind of trump your dad Exactly, yeah. and they're, and they're you, proud of you. Yeah, yes. yeah, but they're also kind of like, "Wait, what do I do now?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm used to complaining about this, but yeah. also, with, I mean, Cuss has been through so many boxes. So you have to imagine that he's not viewing Tyson as God; he's viewing Tyson as another. And also, his ideology is concrete, and he's made it. Whether anybody that comes up under him, I mean, if Tyson fails, it doesn't it, matter. Is it champ or not? Yeah, it's it. His his viewpoint is still the same. He is yeah. eighty. And that's like, he's like, everything he believes is fucking like locked in. And that's the way it is. If somebody like, you know, makes it under him, like, you know, that's fine. But it's not going to change. Right. Right. Um, you mentioned Ali a second ago. Um, it's around this time in 1980. So Mike's 14. Um, Ali's a mustache. Ali's got a mustache. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's bad news. This is bad news. Uh, and I mean, it's 1980. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and they all go to Albany to watch uh, the Ali Holmes uh, fight. fight yeah. it's, it's him trying to, you know, they used to be startup sparring partners. Yeah. 
And, and Holmes feels bad about it too. Yeah. You, you know, you see, you see the talk between them and Ali. you can see Ali doesn't even buy his own bullshit at that point mm-hmm. when he's like shit talking. He's like, I oh, know I'm, I'm, I'm the greatest and no, I'm gonna knock you out. And it's just, it, it's just not the same. Right. The people with me said that I would be great at this. Right. And, and so, you know, famously, you know, Ali gets the shit kicked out of him by Holmes. And, um, because had a phone call with Ali the next day. Day after the fight. Yeah. Shit. Um, and you know, <laughs> Gus is telling like, how'd you let that bum beat you? <laughs> he's a bum, mom. He's a bum. No, he's a bum. Don't tell me that he's a bum. Why'd you let that bum hit you like that? <laughs> and just like every time Mike heard him say bum, it just like cut to his core and shit. And he started crying. Um, Tyson. Yeah. He's 14 and he, and he's just, you know, he's seeing Ali he saw Ali get his ass beat and he's seen his hero call him. It just, there's so many things that we, we can dissect about that, but it, it, you can understand why it hurts Mike to see that. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then cuss is like telling mom, he's like, mom, I, I got this young black kid with me. Uh, he's just a boy, but he's going to be heavyweight champion in the world. And, uh, his name is Mike Tyson, and f- talk to him for me, Muhammad. Please, if you do that for me, I, 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 I would I'd like you to talk to him and tell him to listen to me. And so he cuss gives Tyson the phone, 14-year-old Tyson with, you know, probably 38-year-old Ali, maybe 40-year-old Ali yeah, at that point. Yeah. And Mike says, I'm sorry for what happened to you. And Ali says, I was sick. I took some medicine, and it made me weak, and that's how Holmes beat me. Oh, let me see I was sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I took yeah. some medicine and it made me weak and that's how Holmes beat me. <laughs> I'm going to get well and come back and beat Holmes. And it's as I go, don't worry, champ. When I get big, I'm going to get him for you. Damn. Yeah, nice. And, that's uh, nice. bro, yikes. Fuck. And, uh, you know, it's, it's this weird, like, Passing of the torch kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. both through, heavyweights, through but totally different, you know, totally different styles, totally different swaggers and all that. You know, Cuss wanted Mike to be, you know, uh, f- ferocious, mm. ferocious in fashion. Yeah. Um, you know, he would say stuff um, like, Oh God, we'll, we'll get to it. But he really wanted Mike to be this, you know, stoic. He didn't like it anytime Mike like touched gloves with the guy before the fight. He's like, just stare at him and just, you know, inspire, strike fear into their hearts. This like, is a psychological game. You're a fighter. Boxing is the art. Well, I think ferocious fashion might have even been a, a cuss it, phrase. It, it because was. He had the, the, the thing about the peekaboo style that he had. And so the peekaboo style was this this style of boxing that hadn't been around for like fifty years. But even but Ali, where you hid and you you blended in with the ropes and well, the canvas. No no <laughs> no 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 no. What you did is you kept you wore your camel. You wore stripes. You wore clown makeup and you looked like a boxing <laughs> ring. Ha ha. What, what you did? What I would do is I would dress like the ref, <laughs> and then I would just start beating would, on people. I would paint stripes on myself. Yeah, on my face. I'm here. I was here. It's a joke. <laughs> no. So, so, so the so but that uh, is how it worked. Defensive boxing, uh, not not in the peekaboo style, is you back away, you back away, and you the counter, and, and, and you counter punch. But peekaboo <laughs> is you hold your arms close 
right? And 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 what you're doing is you're ducking your head behind your arms. And you're making a small target. And you're making a small target. So you don't and have then, to back up. And then you're but you're counterpunching from that, but also you're also walking towards the other fighter while yeah. you're doing this. Because your counter punches are an offensive punch. Mm. Because by walking towards them and closing distance, they, they're going to start to punch you, yeah. and then you're reacting to it. And this is a, a, a simplification, but this is the idea. And you're keeping, you know, it's, it's about keeping your pelvis kind of like aligned with theirs so you can slip side to side. Mm. Uh, but what you're doing is you're trying to find ways to punch them when they can't punch at the same because time. Because they've, they've got, one arm is already out. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and Mike, and especially with Cousin Mike, and we'll get into some more of the, the boxing science of it too, like, it was throwing two punches that, that felt like one. It was a lot of like hitting kidneys and then uppercuts mm-hmm. and then it, you know like it was. It was a little high. He was a he was, he was, was peekaboo. A, yeah, uh, yeah. I it, see you. It, 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 one of the things is if they can't throw a punch, throw a punch. You throw a punch if they can't throw a punch. Mm. If you have them in a place where they can't throw a punch, throw a punch. Mm. And keep throwing those punches, and it'd be two punches. If you can throw two punches and then slip, uh, if you and then duck. I want to see two punches. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm sorry, but one of the things was that a lot of uh, uh, in Customato's obituary, the LA Times, they said a lot of uh, people said this was a bad style because you couldn't throw punches with power. But you see, with a guy like Tyson, you out of that position, he threw yes, exactly, real a yeah. lot of he th- uh, all power. Yeah, and then yeah. it's a shorter distance, and you're not on your back foot; you're leaning into it. It balls of your feet. It doesn't. It just doesn't look like a big wind up. Right. But you know that compact, tight. Use your torso. You're leaning into it. They're walking into you. There's just so much more force. Yes, going yes. In. The momentum is the same thing that you see, like when when they're like trying to show like. You know the the uh, the highly trained seasoned warriors like in, in Game of Thrones. It's like here's your shield, but then when you're fucking like you when you poke with your spear, it's like it's all thrust. You right, know, right. it's like that kind of thing where you go like, yeah, defend yourself, but then also like when you're gonna hit, hit. Yes, and 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 so you when you make your punch, you're also dodging while you when you make your final punch, mm-hmm. you are ducking and slipping while yeah. you're making that final punch, and you get out of their range. Uh, but also, p- if you punch them in the body, then they Crunch curl up. down. Yeah, yeah. body, body, they start crumbling. Right, and so there's the, the you know, uh, Tyson, Ali, the peekaboo is basically Ali of rope doping, but Tyson is the perfect, yeah, perfect guy. And also it. because he's not six three. Yeah, he was, you know, he, yeah. he was like five ten, five nine. Yeah, he's the guy. And that, eventually, two hundred twenty five pounds, but gonna yeah, hit the body. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, when he's sixteen years old, he's two hundred ten pounds. Yeah. yeah, he was a pit bull. Um, but anyway, you know, they, they both at this point. Once Mike started kind of being this, I'm waking up early, sitting at the table, then going to my run, then coming back for breakfast, and then all that stuff. They kind of knew, you know, they were both in this kind of race against time. Because Cuss is an old man. Mm-hmm. He, he was already not in excellent health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, who would have guessed? Give me the maple syrup. Since <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're up, anyway. <laughs> um, you know, they were they were both extreme. They were perfectly extreme for each other. If, yeah. Like, you know, they're in upstate New York, so or western New York. But, yeah. If it snowed, they'd just train indoors. They, you know, and... He would just stay up all night shadow boxing in his room. Yeah. He'd watch film for 10 hours a day. He'd be up all night watching film. Yeah. And he'd wake up the whole house. 
<laughs> and my cousin would be like, what the hell's going on? And he's like, I'm, I'm up here watching movies and watching the film. Cut. I was in the theater. And, huh? and cuss sometimes I'd be like, what the fuck? What's that noise? Who's here? And it's like, it's me, cuss. I live here. Yeah. Um, Mikey Marciano. I was rock- watching Marciano get his ass handed to him. I was watching this Italian person fifth this black dude. <laughs> I, boxing. You crazy cuss. I like you. You crazy. It smells like um, shit here. You know, he... Uh, he, he does, they, does he go to any lengths to, to find out who Cuss is, where Cuss comes from? He talks, I mean, he tells you, I mean, you know, he's, he's the one that tells you what's up with Cuss. Because Cuss, other guys would tell him about it and Cuss would tell him too. Um, yeah. But there's a, there's a whole, there's a bunch about Cuss in the book that Mike tells you about. Right. Um, but also like Mike is now 14, 15, he's going through puberty and so he's breaking out. He's a little chubby kid. Yeah. He, he's he's an extreme eater too. He'd stay up late and eat ice cream or fucking leftovers shit. And uh, he's also worried. Fifty-four slices of American cheese <laughs> <laughs> and it's ketchup. Record. It's the record. That's all. I don't see a downside. Uh, uh, you know, he would also like talk. He'd worry about never having a girlfriend and stuff, and because you know, girls fucking beat him up with jump ropes and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so cuss. <laughs> Cuss sends one of the guys out to like the sporting goods store to come back and they come back with those like little mini baseball bats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes, Mike, you're going to have so many girls after you one day, you're going to have to need this to beat them away. And he gives him the bat and he tells him just like, don't just give it a minute. And so yeah. Mike, Mike was like, after that, all I did was jerk off and train. Jesus. Jerk off and train. Jerk off and train. And you know, it was it feels the, so good. Ain't Camille. Uh, it was the peekaboo style. Cuss was big on like boxing as entertainment. A successful fighter must not only win, but win in an exciting manner. He must throw punches with bad intentions. Bad intentions. Bad that intentions is the thing. Always thing. throw punches with bad intentions. What the fuck does that mean? What do you, John? What do you think it means? Don't get upset with me. If you're going to punch somebody, you don't go, I hope I knock this guy out. You throw a punch that you don't care what happens to that guy. You're throwing okay. with bad intentions. Okay. Right. And so cool. he gave him more of these, you know, uh, boxing psychology books, training reg, old, like the reading for the guys from the 1880s and the 1950s. He started finishing, finishing Cuss's sentences whenever he would say things because he read all this stuff times yeah. and over and over. And he was just a, a fucking black hole of just sucking all this stuff in and retaining it. Um, his big he he loved Jack Johnson probably more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells the story about Jack Johnson being like just a fucking superstar black fighter in the twenties. Yeah, and super rich and married to a white woman and really more. I mean, as accepted as a black fighter could be in the day, and money. And like he, he tells the story about like the time like Jack Johnson was driving across the state to go to one of his matches. And the cop pulls him over and he's like, ah, it's a $10 speeding ticket. And so he gives him 20. He goes, keep the 20 because on back. the way back, I'm going to be speeding. <laughs> yeah. Um, Damn. He, uh, As, you know, Tyson, you know, in, in, um, he was, he might've been, when he was there, he might've been the only black fighter in that house. He probably was. And then, really? and it was also, yeah. you know, at a certain the, point, he's not adopting kids. any more kids. Like he yeah, knows he's, old, he's yeah. on his way out and sure. this is, Mike's the one, right? Yeah. So he wasn't the only black guy in the gym, but at the house. So you you don't take on any more kids, and you know you kind of now are. And what about Camille, Ukrainian woman? <laughs> She's a sweet woman. Um, Cuss, uh, I mean, Cuss was just so. You, 
he was savage in the way that he was psychologically manipulative, mm-hmm. but it was all in such this cinematic mythological. He, he would say shit like about this one fighter, Henry Armstrong. He said that oh, he would break his opponent's will, destroy his spirits, make all his causes a lie. <laughs> wow. And Mike bro. was like, make all his causes a fucking lie? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't. So you're talking about all his aspirations, uh, and, everything and, and, that he's known to be a, a God, the like honest call, truth? Like long-standing causes and all that? That's all bullshit, Cuth? Man, I, you are one thick motherfucker, Cuth. I would take Tell this trash what, out, but I don't even feel like you it. Know, I like punching people in the kidneys, but taking away a man's crusades <laughs> is quite something else. I'm about to say. You pretty I mean, cool, you probably, I've dealt yeah. with some pretty uh, uh, sketchy characters, and I have to say, you take the cake, pal. Uh, I just like giving people CTE. I'm not trying to deny their lives to work or nothing, because you duplicitous motherfucker, man. More tea, please. Um... But also, you know, same way that he told Mike that he'd be a, he'd be a colossus among men. He also knew when to cut him down, and that kind of sucks. But like, you know, you be, this is what a boot camp is. It's it's breaking somebody down and building up in the way that you want them to be, but also like taking into consideration who they are. So, well, yeah, like, what do you want, right, in yourself, right? And I'll help you get there. The humility. To know when you're wrong and accept being wrong. Right. So he would tell him, like, you're getting lazy. You're getting fat. You're yeah. letting your emotions get the best of you. You're a bum. You're a tomato can. Yeah. Shit like that. You got a lisp, kid. Come on. I can't hear shit you're saying. Yeah. But, like, you know, um, so they would, but, you know, he desperately sought Cuss's approval. And there's, yeah. he'd have these stories about, like, you know, Cuss would, um, he was half deaf, right? So he'd, like, fall asleep with the TV on, like, in a chair whatever, and be fucking loud as fuck. And, They'd like sneak up. He'd think like Mike was asleep or out, whatever. And so like they would sneak up and like one of the other boxer uh, kids um, would would be there talking to Cuss as he's like half asleep and shit. And he'd be like, ask Cuss if uh, he thinks I punch hard. And and so it'd be like a commercial break or whatever. And he'd be like, Cuss, you think, you think, um, you think, you think Mike punches hard? And he's like, oh, boy, I think he punches hard. I think he could knock down a brick fucking wall. <laughs> and then, like, you could just, like, it just, you could see that it meant, like, everything to Mike to hear that. But, you know, he can't let him know that, right? Right. They fucking hypnotized him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he hypnotized he, him. He hasn't do, been doing it, but. Um, That's amazing, bro. You hypnotize yeah. me? I hypnotize so, so now he's, you know, he's like. 15, 16, mm-hmm. and they, he starts, like, now they do sparring. He's a fucking animal. He's mm. beast. He's, he's, he's hitting, he's, you know, he's sparring with adults. Yeah. So they start doing these smoker fights, which are unsanctioned, illegal boxing matches. And they're called smokers because they're in, you know, underground gyms where the, the air is thick with smoke. With everyone's, cigarette smoke. Yeah, everyone's smoking. The guy's there. betting on it. Everyone's betting. Uh, 20 it's, kids you know, on that guy. There's no medics. There's no ambulance waiting. If the crowd didn't like you, they didn't boo. They just started fighting each other <laughs> to show you how it was Beautiful. done. <laughs> the kid um, can't catch his breath with all this stogie smoke. His first smoker, he's 14, and he's fighting some 18-year-old Puerto Rican with an afro. Nice. And uh, in the third round, Mike knocks him into the bottom rope, and his mouthpiece flies out into the crowd. Wow. Guy's out cold. Uh, Mike didn't know, so he just like rose up and threw his arms up and then stepped on the guy. <laughs> and Cus was like, get your goddamn foot off and you can't fucking step on the kid. You're fucking nuts. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. And then they just start going to smokers home. all over the Northeast. They just like smoke all these fucking fights. Um, Sometimes like Teddy Atlas would like get into fights there, like because they'd always they'd break out in mayhem. And he said like one time, the Teddy somebody started saying some shit, and Teddy started fighting him, and he fucking smashed the guy's head in with the bottom of the marble statue trophy that they were gonna pass out. (laughs) If there were cops there, would be charged with attempted murder. I'm telling you, (laughs) Jesus Christ. So in Cuss's camp, uh, Teddy Atlas and Kevin Kevin Rooney were the the last guys before Tyson kind of. Who were who were his guys? Yeah, and Teddy was knocking everybody out until he hurt his back, and then he became a trainer. And Cuss was like, "This but guy, were, this guy's know, gonna be an amazing." Ten trainer. years older than Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were in their twenties. And, and Rooney was, uh, yeah, he was about five, six, yeah, six years older than Tyson, uh, and a good fighter, but also he had that the Teddy Atlas thing where it was like, "This guy's a better." trainer right then he is a fighter right and freddie roach is that way too freddie roach was not a good boxer right mm. and, and by it, virtue of him not being a good boxer he became the best trainer and 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 cuss noticed that he's like like i said before like he's noticing teddy's like feeling pain about seven he's like okay well you can't do that yeah oh or you're you're picking stuff up yeah and kevin rooney was a was not a good fight it was a good was a decent fighter but not talent not but gifted. yeah it, what he was a good fighter because he he believed in cuss right. and he followed cuss to the letter and that's why he became a good fighter but everybody was like he's not gonna be a good fighter mm. and then be, then he became a trainer and he became uh tyson's the, trainer yes him and him and teddy we'll, we'll find out why yeah, yes yes um, so they, uh, they're going to all these smokers. Teddy's getting fights. Mike's fucking dominating everybody. Um, they, uh, so now it's 1981. So Mike Damn. is 15 and he's going for his first, you know, official amateur championship kind of tournament. And that's the, it's the junior Olympics and they're in Colorado and they're wearing those little, uh, soft helmets and yeah. stuff. So they go to Colorado and, uh, you know, Cuss wanted him to be a menacing villain type figure. So he, he's doing his best thing. No handshakes, the sneers at his opponents. Um, he won all of his fights by knockout in the first round. Damn. And he won the gold medal by knocking out Joe Cortez in eight seconds. A record. He's 15, he's 15 years old. 15 years old. Eight seconds. Gold medal. Boom. Done. Um, I got 15 bucks in I thought this was the Olympics. <laughs> what kind of bullshit? Is this a special Olympics I'm in? I know that I have a, th- a list, but I threw that I'm no longer retarded. as verified by the state of New York. <laughs> they, were, they had me doped up on Thorazine, and I, I can tell you I did not lift any hammers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Thorazine is not a publication for those in Asgard. I can let tell, me you tell you that. Let me tell you something. If, if, if Drano doesn't put me down... <laughs> what do you think? What chance do you think Thorazine I don't has? think you uh, tranquilize is going to do anything, you know. Uh, the, the, the liquid plumber. Yeah, excuse me. CLR. It's liquid plumber, a guy in the fighting. Drano. Who's that? Is he a wrestler? Club I'm, Lang. I'm a liquid thumber. I'll stick my thumb in the motherfucker. I'll suck the motherfucker. Uh, this, uh, this profile is brought to you by Dodgers Sailor Jerry. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Not <laughs> as bad as Drano. It's not. But it's, it'll work. So, so also, I drank mine already. Also, around this time is what uh, Rocky two. Oh, that's fucking interesting. Eighty one. I mean, yeah. Ro- Rocky seventy three is like right? eighty two. I think it's weird, right? Yeah, Rocky, we talked about this the other day that like Rocky came out like right around Star Wars and shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think Rocky three is like eighty two or eighty three. 
Rocky three is is where well, he's yeah. fighting Clubber Lang. Yeah, but Rocky two is like eighty one, eighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the first one is what he's all cut up, shredded. <laughs> not, not the one, but the two. In, you know? in, 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 in uh, so so. Mike's 15 He's one of the J.O.'s All of his friends in Brownsville are in jail or dead He's got no one Really his age Up in the Catskills He is going to junior high still But It's not saved by the bell And school seems a bit of a distraction But it's because Understands that you know His education is important And I think you know Kind of one of the things that my dad told me is Don't let school get in the way of your education that's very smart. Right? Yeah. So Cuss was like, yo, read these books in my library, not just the boxing shit. Mm-hmm. Read all, I got a bunch of other shit that you might like. Mm-hmm. You know, because school is, especially to a guy like Mike, and to a degree, I'm not comparing myself to Mike Tyson, but like, when school becomes a job, it's not fun, even though you're reading good shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes in school, you read good stuff. Yeah. But because it becomes an assignment, well, I don't want to do it. It's it's not I don't get to read for my enjoyment and yes. then take it in the way I do now, right? I don't yeah. want my enjoyment to be graded. Right. Yeah. So um but it's important to have, you know, guidance in certain things. Mm-hmm. But uh so so Mike you know, he dives into his library and he's reading Oscar Wilde, he's reading Charles Darwin, he's reading oh. Tolstoy, Machiavelli, Dumas, Adam Smith. Machiavelli at fifteen and sixteen. Yeah. And he's like, I loved history, I love Alexander the Great. Uh, and he's like reading history taught me human nature it, it allowed me to see into the hearts of men it gave me better understanding of myself and it's like well the art of war you know starts like kind of like bridging the gap between you know boxing theory and and history and everything else like that yeah. and, and then you can kind of like you know just dive into the prince and mm-hmm. all that type of shit um but all, also the and thing then, you know, he they, he loved um what else uh kind of monte cristo yeah you know? Um, I mean, all of these things, it's just, it's, it's an idea. It's human. It's just human mind, you know, in different, uh, uh, I don't know, scenes and parameters. And when you're reading it, when you're reading these things, it is walking in the mental footsteps of those characters. Yes. It's, it's putting you in places that, uh, maybe you never thought like it, it's just introducing you to other mental Yeah, And you, you get invested in this, just like reading this book, you get invested Although it's his, it's his first person uh, kind of thing, it's not exactly a novel or a, a truly objective account. But like, <laughs> right? You when you read these things, you get into a book. Sometimes you read a book that makes you cry, mm-hmm. right? Because you're so invested from the beginning in, in what this character has gone through, and then these things happen. Mm-hmm. It puts you in those places. You get to live it without living it, right? Yeah. Um, and so I also, would, I would just say real quick. I I just want to say when you have the opportunity to read your father's library and you've already kind of gotten a taste of what the subject matter is about. But then when you read the text for yourself, you go, you see, you see your father's prejudices Mm. and where he's, he's (laughs) made it more about him. Uh, And you go like, Oh, that's not, he got that wrong. You go like, that's not really what he said here, but like what made him, Think it. Spin it this way or whatever. Right, yeah. right. You it, see it, you, you see that equal sign with the slash through it going, how did this get to yeah. now I see it, now it, I see my father in another way. It's yeah. like seeing um it's a it's a much more complex version of like you know, the psychologist showed uh my dad this ink blot and he thought it was a fucking dinosaur eating a baby. Mm. 
and I saw the ink blot and I realized it was batter butterflies, right? Like yes. it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. But yeah. on a much deeper Yeah, you find deal. out. Yeah, what that, no wonder of course my dad thought that that Here, was fucked up. He's all fucked up. These insecurities and stuff. Like you can it, see it gives you a better appreciation for it. It does. And it also gives you a better appreciation for them because you, Of course. Yeah. You see you, that's you, yeah. Um so you know Mike is starting to realize that he's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he and he's talented and he's smart. Curious. He's curious. He's mm-hmm. hungry. Uh, he's um, he's worth a damn, right? Yeah. And and Cuss is seeing that too. Cuss already knew it, but he's seeing that Mike is starting to see it. Right. Um, and he and he and he's just he's starting to even believe even more that Mike is is the one. He is special. Mm. And so. You know, Mike is still going to this junior high, but he's still, you know, still 16, hormoned out. He's fucking, he's a fighter. So, you know, sometimes he's fucking popping kids who mouth off and shit like that. So Cus is like making, plead, like pleading with the principal, like, you need to make, this kid's, this kid's special. You got to make allowances. You can't kick him out of school or whatever. Um, You just have to let him have a little bit more leeway. He's different than other kids, right? And, you know, Special people don't shouldn't be in school with. Sh- are not everybody learns the same way. Not everybody is the right, same. Right. But knowing how everybody is is important. Yeah, you have to know how everybody is. Yeah. Um, it's the it's the main argument for the public schooling thing. Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah, I think public schooling is incredibly important. It's, 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 it really is essential. It, it, if for nothing else than socialization and yeah. showing you where other people come. I mean. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big believer yeah. in public schools. I don't know if I'm going to send my kid to one anymore. How much people are are, are uh, <laughs> but uh, I will uh, for uh, a while. Also, straight up better than you and or worse, worse than off you. than you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And even the people worse also, off than you, that don't are better let it than get you. in the way of learning. Yeah, it is not. It is the bare minute. It is just. Listen, it is not the end of your education. Well, I mean, I mean, fuck it. It's, it's never just, so, it's it's never just socialization. You, you, right? your, your education should never end. That's right. Your understanding of what is what as a kid is is limited to the point where there's a lot of uh, 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 things that you would be negative about as an adult that you don't even realize you should be negative about right. as a kid. Yes, and you yes. become you get to know people. It's yeah, you should be put together in a All the different like public schools I went to were so very different and different class structures. Uh, like, not class, but I mean, social class. Yeah, sure. And it's like, LA. it was the first time I met fucking racist people. Mm-hmm. And then I met people, I was like, I didn't know people could be this rich. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah. or this white, or this whatever. Like, and then when I went to college, I was like, oh, man, then there's all sorts of shit. Like, yeah. You know, it's important to mix it up. Yeah. yeah. But at sometimes, you know, without sacrificing anybody's safety, you have to make allowances for people. That's why they give scholarships to athletes. There's different ways to be smart or gifted, you know. Sure, sure. If the, you know, the football yeah. player or the track star or the fucking gymnast, but saying like, they like, are talented in th- this way and they should not be held to the same standard. In right. The same way that, you know, you don't expect the fucking calculus genius to be doing fucking the, the uneven bar. Right. But everybody needs to know how to talk to girls. 
and boys or non-genders. Yes. But you know what I'm saying? You need to be socialized, yes. That's the main thing. You be able to talk to anybody. Whether you are a a boxing prodigy or... Whether you're a king or a lowly street sweeper. Or, Mm. you know, a calculus prodigy. Yes. You need need to be socialized. You need to talk to girls. And even then, that is not going to be, you know, your only way or... Uh, it's not even going to be guaranteed that you're going to learn, right? No. Um, but yes, you got to mix it up. Yes. Um, I'm a big proponent of mixing it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to oh, chop it up, mix it up. Get out of your comfort zone. You got to. Um, so anyways, he's, he's pleading with, with the principal to make concessions for Mike, even though he's somewhat, uh, you know, he's... Uh, uh, Unique he's fuck, case. He's, 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 you know, <laughs> pop off, man. Pop, pop. Um, so he does. Um, but also like, you know, Cus was like, listen, if you're going to keep going to school and you want to do like high, you know, junior high, teenage stuff, like you still got to train. So like if there was a school dance, Cus was like, you're running home in your suit. You, you still got to be home by 1130. Damn. And like everybody knew, like when the clock ticked, Mike was like, I got to go. And they're like, we know. Cause they knew he was special. Wow. And he was And like, you know, in their world, he wasn't supposed to be there. Right. Yeah. Well, especially because he's living in the Catskills, right? He's living, but he's from. It's it's also like there's this kid that's living with cuss. Like they know. They know what the deal is. Yeah. You know, every every fight was a step out of hell. Slattery showing up, going, "Ah, I got long arms. No, it's Mike. No. And so he'd make him run home, and he's like, "Yeah, you got to run the three miles home because this is training, right?" Um. And this is when, like, he starts really falling, like, they fall, start falling in love with each other. Well, him and Cuss? Him and Cuss. I mean, in a no, father-son I, no, way. No, I like, you, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, he, you know, sometimes when Mike would, it, it, there was a couple times Mike did some really fucked up stuff, and they get in a fight in school, and, like, Cuss was like, you, you, if you keep doing this stuff, you're going to have to leave here. Jesus. And like Mike just lost it and started crying and and. Well, you, I mean, you, you remember as a kid when you did a thing and you go, oh, oh you got tied in with military school. <laughs> I didn't realize there were really bad consequences. Yeah, and you real and it, it breaks your heart that you might not. Yeah. Have your family around. And then you go go oh That's, fuck I guess yeah. I shouldn't do he, that stuff. He he said please don't let me go I want to stay he's crying he's sobbing, and he said I I really loved the family environment Cus had given me and I was madly in love with Cus he was the first white guy who not only didn't judge me but who wa- who wanted to beat the shit out of someone if they said anything disrespectful to me <laughs> nobody could reach me like that um, anytime I finished talking to him I had to go burn energy I had to go burn shadow box or do sit ups I was so pumped I'd, I'd start I'd be running I'd start running and then I'd be crying while I was running because I wanted to make him happy and prove that all the good things that he was saying about me was right damn man and then after that time that he he threatened sending Mike away was the first time that he started hugging Mike (laughs) and he's like that was the first physical display of affection I'd ever seen from Cus ever to anyone Mm -hmm. to Camille to any of the like it was Mm -hmm. the first time I'd ever seen and he hugged me um I mean, it sounds he, like Cuss knew. He said, like, the moment that I cried was when Cuss really knew that he had me. From that moment on, I became his slave. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh, but he was, I was... Yeah, that's not ideal phrasing. He, he was, but. and you know, it's... But it's Mike saying it, and it's not loaded. It's he, right, he, He's right. saying it with the, with, you know, with the context of history. Yes, yes. Uh, deep history. Yeah. 
um, I was happy to be Cuss's soldier. It gave me a purpose in life. I liked being the one to complete his mission. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's a thing, man, where you go like, here's this guy. He put all this body of work into all of this shit. And like, I'm the one. I'm the sword. At the end, I'm the I'm the hand. Yes, I, I am the one that can fucking execute the like the excellency of his vision by being, you know, everything he said somebody could be. Yeah. It's it's a tall order, man. Mm-hmm. It's a very tall order with the guy you're now seeing as a father figure. And then you're reading all these things, so now you you've got the language or you understand the language that he's speaking when he's talking about you about being immortal, about being an Olymp like a titan. It, 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 it is very Greek. It, it's putting it into this mythological. Yeah. I mean, he talks about you being better than the gods. Being they will never forget you. Yeah. Like these type of things he's he's reading Alexander the Great who conquered the world when he was 16, yeah. 21, you know, he's he now is getting the the context that that Gus yeah. is Cuss is, is talking about. And, and compared to Ali, that's why Tyson was never like the race fighter. He was beyond that from day one with Cuss. Right. It's like, it, it, and there wasn't it, a war that he had, a, you know, but, but, also, <laughs> right, right. But, but it was just straight up like from, from day one. First of all, Ali had, you know, forged that path yeah. first. Yeah. But yeah, for there him, was no Tyson without for him. Before. It was just like the war is mental, it is not racial. It is, it is, it is you're, all, you're fighting everybody who has ever lived. You're always fighting yourself. That's the real fight. Yeah. Mm. Your shadow self. Right. And he, um, but also, you know, we talk about Cus being paranoid and maybe we talked about that off mic, but because of Cus's history, he, he was always worried about Mike leaving him being the same way that Floyd did. Yeah. And Mike, uh, Mike was like, if he only knew what was going on in my heart and my mind, he yeah. would, he would have no idea that I would, I would never yeah, leave him. Uh, no matter how much, money. no matter no month, nothing could make me leave him. Mm. I didn't want it. Like there's nothing. I could, so, and that just puts their their kind of relationship into yeah, perspective. Yeah. So now now we're back into 1981. They're going to more smokers. Now fucking Tyson's reading Nietzsche. Wow. And he's convinced that he is the Ubermensch. Wow. He's convinced he is the Superman. He's knocking out the fucking champions of JOs in eight minutes. Right. He's beating the shit out of people. He has a gold medal. He's got a gold medal. He's like five nine, 190 pounds. He's 16 years old, shredded. Yeah. They're going, they're going I, to these smokers, and people are whispering, that's Mike Tyson. That's Mike Tyson. Oh my god, that's Mike Tyson. Right. And they get up on in the, during the weigh-ins. You know, Teddy's like get on the scale. And they're hearing people around him, and he just strips down into his underwear completely, just just fucking banana hammock, and uh, everyone leaves what they're doing and swarms Mike around this because the scale because he's a Greek god, yeah. right? And uh, he was like, it really, uh, it was really fed my ego that day. But like everyone's like, it fed into the legend. That's when the legend started. Was then. Um, Here's Customato. He, he, he this guy. Yeah, and he's 16, and he's fighting a 21 year old named Ernie Bennett. His last fight before he goes pro, and they wanted to book somebody that they think they could beat. Ernie, that you know, he'd go out as his last. Big Ernie. Yeah. Uh, it was real seedy. He felt like he was back in the uh, in Brownsville. The um, fight. Yeah, it was just like he. He's five nine, 190 pounds at 15. And he already feels better than doing the smokers. Well, he knows he's starting to 
understand that there is a legend being crafted here and I'm feeding into it. And also I'm reading Nietzsche and maybe Nietzsche's right about the Ubermensch, the Superman, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bennett's trainer, Ernie Bennett, this 21 year old who's about to go pro, he's deaf mute. And they're like, Mike too heavy. In the audiobook, the guy does a great job of it. He's like, Mike get too heavy, but we'll find him. We'll find anybody. And Mike goes, I'm not just anybody. What you say? <laughs> <laughs> the fight was nine minutes of mayhem. Uh, in between rounds, the crowd never stopped cheering and yelling. Really? It, it, from the beginning of the bell, it, it was just the crowd screaming and yelling. And doing sign. And signing middle fingers, white power, west side, blood, yes. crip, the wipe, the okay thing. It was mad fucked up, man. Uh, it was really they had, the person by the by the ring just couldn't keep up. You know those interpreters that for the government they've yeah, been really be fucking selling it lately. Every guy had the fed faggot. That guy said no fag one, and then no retort. This is not yeah. cool, man. Every time they said faggot, you talking about? Mike or me? Uh, that guy did Tyson a, he did a the, cool G rap uh, concert the day before, <laughs> and he's still good. <laughs> hey. Mike knocked him through the ropes. It's always, uh, it's always but he lost by a decision. By decision, and everyone, in an underground smoke lair. Yeah, he knocked That's him through the ropes. Smoke lair for you, John. Because, the, and you'll see this a few times, but. Sometimes some people think that fighting, you know, there's the sweet science to it. It's a points mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Even though Mike knocked him through the ropes, yeah. he didn't win by technique. Uh, right. And he he started fucking crying, bawling. But the fucking the deaf trainer came in and was like, "Listen, man, you find it. Like, you my guy. He's been through a lot of fights. time, you're a great fighter. You're a better fighter than my guy. And you you're gonna be a great champion one day. You to be very proud of yourself. And I mean, dude, this guy does it in the audiobook, and it's really good. And I'm that's I'm, very nice because in the Patreon, I'm going to talk about this terrible audio. This guy can, doesn't even know the names of hockey players. It's I pre, pre, appreciate a really good. He reading. does it. He does the deaf mute guy well. That right. very, that's very good. And, and Tyson comes back with the lift, man. <laughs> I also I, I, sound again, insane. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I understand <laughs> you. Uh, you agree, Don't get me wrong. I mean, my man, you the, you, you the, punt him through the ropes. He's all fucked up. He's entangled, embroiled in some scandal. Did you put Draymond when you eat? Yeah, he said, you know, <laughs> we're fighting you with everything we got. You were better than my fighter. Don't give up. You're going to be champion one day. And it didn't make Mike feel better, but and Mike went back, and you know, Cuss didn't go to most of these fights. And right, would right, always have second right, right. And Ted, At this point in Cuss's life, Teddy was uh, his, his eyes and ears on yeah, the ground. Yeah, yeah. But in he thought Cuss was going to be mad at him because it was like, I heard you did great. Teddy said said the guy was cut, experienced, and you know, uh, uncut. <laughs> take the day off of school tomorrow. Type of thing like this is this is part of your journey is getting either humbled justly or learning that it's corrupt, right? Because well, also, I learned that it was corrupt. Also, you know, the whole day afterward is a whole day of school anyway. <laughs> what you're gonna think about? Yeah, it. yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's some school yeah, for you. You too. got schooled tonight. Yeah. You don't need it tomorrow, right? And, and also, you gotta next time you fight someone, you have to beat them so badly that, that there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And uh, <laughs> so you know, there's um. More smokers. Cuss started going to the smokers now. Ah, look at all the smoke. I can't make it. Even with more my more. one lung. Back in the day, so it reminds me of you know. <laughs> And so some guys would be like, you know, there was one fight where the guy was like, the, the trainer of the other, of the opponent said to Cuss, you know, 
my boy's job is to put big, strong. Or my, I got a big, strong, scary man here. And Cus said, my boy's job is to put big, strong, scary men in their place. Yeah, Jesus Christ, don't even set, six, don't set him up. Fifteen like or that. sixteen. One fight, Mike didn't bathe for three days just to fuck with the guy. <laughs> I went in there smelling like I was eight years old again, just to fuck with him. Because Cus told me like the fight is psychological yeah, as much as it is yeah. physical. Psychological fight with yourself, psychological fight with the other guy, a physical fight with yourself, physical fight with the other guy. Mm-hmm. So I went in there, I smelled like shit. Yeah. I made him not want to be around you, me. Well, you make the guy think about something else. You're like the guy's like. I gotta punch this guy. What the fuck is that? Thanks. Thanks. That's right? <laughs> I was born in the dumpster. I think therefore I am. I think That's Descartes. I bet you thinking, man, this motherfucker was born in the dumpster. I was. <laughs> Um, Cuss would lose his shit anytime Mike like shook the guy's hand before the fight like I told you the only compassion Cuss allowed was after he knocked somebody out and Mike picked him up and would like kiss him and rub him on the head and stuff like Jack Dempsey used to do Mm -hmm. Um, and it was also the thing I mean you've seen uh, you know a lot and I would always be mad when I'd be watching fighting like just the cruelty before because I was like how do you not respect each other and then afterwards it's Total the gushing yeah. of, of, of it's of, the most intimate you can be with another man without having sex with them. Yes, but also it's it. I always knew it was so false to be so hostile. It's in it's, the run up. It's just to get yourself in the it's, zone. It's for yourself. Yeah. Unless you're a true psychopath and or unless you're like some styles of fighters where you just buy that bullshit even after the fight. Right. But so much of you know athletics and especially fighting is we're this is I don't. Well, after we'll deal with it after right now you're my enemy yes and then after you're not my enemy one of us has been vanquished you you, you have you have unless i'm you know you know i I can't accept the truth you have to put your you have to bring you have to bring yourself to a place where you can be the best and for mike it was often a fear it was often losing heart and and, and, i want to eat his children yeah and, and what that is that's fear that's him going the fire I, I he's stoking the fire. If right? I'm not this crazy, do I really want this? Right. Or I mean, that's what it is later in life. But I think at this point in his life, it's if I lose, I'm done. Yeah. And that's and I'll go fear. back to hell, mm-hmm. and Cuss will hate me, and I'll have disappointed him, and I'll smell again. And I think that's the difference between picking a guy up after a fight and before a fight, saying I want to eat his kids. Mm-hmm. Is, and also, especially if I mean, like you know, four, four of the other kids in this house are like the also, ones, the ones that didn't make it. Yeah. And you go like, fuck, I could easily be one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, most of them aren't still in the house. Yeah. At this point, like, it's, yeah. So, <laughs> All right, you're a loser. Now yeah. you do the dishes. So uh, now now he's not really making money, but he's getting paid for some of these smoker mm-hmm. fights. Uh, Cuss was the one who brought him his first set of gold teeth. And you would think that he's old school and wouldn't be into that kind of hood shit. But like, it, you know, all the old fighters used to get gold teeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was like, I, he's like, out. I love it. You get the gold. I love it. He loved that fucking old school style shit. Yeah. Even though it had been now, you know, it was now like street fashion. Now, I, I, I did he buy him pigeons too? I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I mean, it would make sense that they're out on 10 acres. Yeah. But if you, do you have time? Do you have time? I, I don't know. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Then, then, then Cus started taking him to a hypnotherapist, um, on Central Park West. And they'd go, they'd go down, they'd go down to Manhattan and the guy would put him on the couch and they'd put Mike in a state and then Cuss would write down the affirmations to have the hypnotherapist read to him. Wow. <laughs> and he would have him read That's things like, level. hit the one in the middle. You're the world's greatest <laughs> fighter. This is what you were born to do. Yeah. And then, then he taught them both to be able to get into a state 
at back at home. So they could do hypnotherapy back at home. Wait, him and Cuss? He, he taught him and Cuss. How to so, get, saying, so, so that sounds like this is a new thing Cuss was trying. Well, I think he had been into the idea of hypnotherapy. Also, this but, is the 80s, and hypnotherapy is then becoming like a certified right. profession I mean, and stuff it, like that. He's, he's an evolutionary man. But he was man. always on the... He he's, was somebody who was yeah, extremely yeah. open-minded yeah. into alternative stuff. And like, you know, he's into astrology. And, you know, he's trying. He's yeah. always trying to do stiff. Um, stiff. I got just new stiff right here. But he did. Like, so in Watch Me Now, he <laughs> he also says uh, everything that has been done has already been done. Mm-hmm. So he's saying like, and, and and so I want you know a guy who's getting to that new shit. It almost it feels like it's a guy who's saying this isn't new. This no, is just better to find, and, and it's new to us. Yeah, right. It's old as the sands of time. <laughs> so he would, exactly. he'd, he'd get Mike into you know a state. You're 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 relaxing your hand. You're like all this stuff, and so Mike would be in a statement and he'd be stuff, saying your stuff hands like up. your jab is like a weapon. You throw punches that are ferocious with bad intentions. Bad intentions. You've got a wonderful right hand. You haven't really believed it till now, but you will. You are a scourge from God. You, the world will know your name from now until the ends, eons of oblivion. It's not wrong. Just the way he spoke in this, you know, <laughs> incredibly biblical manner. Yeah. Sometimes Cuss would wake Mike up in the middle of the night to do it. Just, ah, hey. Ah. You ready? <laughs> All right. Relax. Huh? Get up, psycho. Get up. Relax. <laughs> Slap him in the face. Yeah. And then, he says, Mike says that sometimes he would do it. He'd wake him up in the middle of the night and Cuss didn't even have to talk. He would just look at him and do it telepathically. Jesus he just knew what Cuss was saying. It's, it's, it's so woo, but it's like I can speak as a man. It's fucking heart wrenching yeah. to feel that that there's that type of connection that you can have. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the elder male approval figure, and that's when he says Cuss was my god. Yeah, and it's really, it's so good. So. Let's do one more break and then yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get to uh we'll get to his getting into his first true true fights. Okay. And we're back. Oh boy. <laughs> so, you know, we just we talked about the connection that Mike and the connection that Mike and Cuss have. You're just joining us. We're learning about the connection that an octogenarian Italian American and a young uh, pubescent uh, African American from the hood might have. It, it always. It, I would, All right. When I watch like old boxing, uh, it always reminds me of how little everybody knew when they say, and his trainer's Cus Diamato. Yeah. It's like D apostrophe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of you have any way of looking this up when it's Cus Diamato. <laughs> he must be Italian. <laughs> Him and these Mario brothers. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, Mike had this feeling that, you know, Cus would also, in the same way that he would die for Cus, Cus would knock the shit out of anybody that ever said anything bad about Mike, right? Yeah. Um, one time, uh, a teacher threw a book at Mike at school, <laughs> and he and Mike got up and slapped the shit out of this teacher in front of all the students. Oh no! And so then they sent him home, and then they, Cus gets called in, and Cus like picks apart the the teacher lied about what he did. He said he dropped the book and Mike whatever. And Cuss just like picked apart everything he was saying. No, 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 one more thing. One more, one more, one more. Yeah, 
he's the Italian guy with the crooked eye and half the eye. I don't need it too good, but maybe, yeah. maybe you could tell me because I'm just I've been hit in the head too many times. But maybe, but how could you drop the book and then cause us an abrasion on my young? I'm a big head? fan. My wife's a big fan. A big fan of all your uh, on, social man. studies. <laughs> we study social so much. How could you, if you drop the book, you did cause a bruise on the mic? Mike said, "Now, you, could you answer me that?" So yeah, he picked apart the, the teacher's argument. And um, humiliated him again, uh, the teacher, because yeah. he had been humiliated by Mike's yeah. uh, being, uh, furious being, yeah. uh, thousand hand slap. In retrospect, uh, point of pride. Yeah. So, and it was another connection between them because he saw that he'd go to bat for him. But they yeah. it came. They got to the point where that Mike would leave the school with the proviso that he got a tutor and continued his education, but at home and not in class because. Yes. It was just too much of a, a trek back and forth. Distraction. Right. Also, yeah, he's a, like, it's like the same as like a popular actor or something. You know, so. Yeah, it happens, you know, onset tutoring. So, you know, Cuss was still bummed out about it because he had plans to throw Mike a graduation party. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed. You know, it's a big thing, right? Yeah, and, yeah, you're you know, right. It is. You yeah, get Mike Tyson growing up, but I don't think he would ever thought that, one, I'd make it to that age, two, yeah. I'd graduate, and then three, that somebody would throw me a party. Right? Yeah, get out of junior high. And well, and to get through it without being kicked out in that Yeah, I way. think now he's a junior in high school, uh, and that's when he was out. So yeah. 15, seven, 16. Seven, 16, 17. 80, 82 or so. Right. And I so, mean, he's already won the gold medal. Right. And he won the gold medal in 81, so now this is around 82, and so yeah. he's 616. So they're driving home, and you see Cuss is bummed out. Mike just says, come on, man. I'm ready to go to the gym. And Cuss looks at him and goes, come on. And so they just go to the gym, dude. Yeah, I mean, I was like, you know, the thing is like, I know... That's their love language. There right? is yeah. like, you know, those things like, I know I missed out on... A huge point of, of of American experience and generational experience by not going to college, but doing it the like the way I did it or whatever. It's like I don't regret one minute. No, you shouldn't. Right. Well, you should well, the way you did it was by not going there. You went to Ireland, right? And yeah. then you came back and you got a job, right? You and got a lot of those same lessons, yeah, but in a much more high stakes. Um, environment without the debt, you can yeah, without the debt, <laughs> right? Right, but that's the thing. you still got you got it's not more because I don't want to kiss your ass, but you're a lot more educated than a lot of friends that I had the eight years <laughs> of, of college education. Yes, exactly. But it's just one of those things where you go, like, you, you don't know, want a way to not let schooling get in the way of your education, don't go to school. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> like, like a Norm McDonald weekend update joke in this, <laughs> in the same way with fucking like you know, college and and Mike and and the way I felt about my mentors at the time. I was like, all of them would be less invested in me learning than this one guy that I'm kind of following. Mm. Right. But I mean, a lot of that idea is built up from people who are told this is how it's supposed to be. And they're, you know, they're, 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 their uh, uh, belief is built on the fact that you're supposed to do this. Mm. And yeah, yeah. But also, also him. Him like thinking like oh Mike needs a graduation party and like all this stuff like he needs to be accepted by this shit, and then you go like, you know what I, I I'm a fucking black kid from Brooklyn and I hang out with an old eighty year old Italian man. Nothing about this it, is normal. And the cat goes, right. you know what I need, what I want. Well, I mean, so I, in that sense, I see what Cuss was hoping for. He was hoping Mike makes it through this thing, so he can give Mike some normality and say, Mike, hey, right. you know, you know, this is some regularity and this is okay. 
Yeah. But also Mike is But we're not like we're not regular. Know, it, it, we're not it, normal, it, you know? Like it's just one of those things like it's and it's fine. Right. But the hope is that you can give him a sense of what normality yeah, might sure. be. Sure. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um but they figured that out and they worked around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um 1982 Junior Olympics come around. Mm-hmm. Mike's championship to defend. Also Rocky Street did come out that year, man. Fantastic. Uh, parents pulled their kids out of the Junior Olympics because of what they feared Mike would do to them. Which is fair, because uh, having watched Watch Me Now, where they show I, Mike in the Junior Olympics. It's not fair. The semifinal, he sets a record for knocking the guy out. And the, in the final, the guy, the guy he's fighting in the first round are you I'd talking about 82 or 81 82 this when 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 he's when he's when he's are you talking about the final final or the 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 the, the final final with Kelton Brown Kelton Brown Kelton Brown's right. a 66 white guy and had big. gotten through and all gotten of through, his got yeah the announcers are going this guy Kelton Brown has gone through everybody pretty easily and, and where's he, he from oh, I don't know Brownsville <laughs> Whitesville Kelton and before Brown. this Very fight good. so before this fight and this is a uh, watch me on this document. Uh, Teddy Atlas is uh, with Mike, and Mike is outside and he's jumping around. Teddy goes, "Hey, hey, take it easy, take it easy, take it easy." And then him, but Mike and, knows emotion relieves tension. And and Mike, him and Mike, and I think I think Teddy said, "Take it easy," because he saw something you know happening with Mike's face, you know, in Mike's eyes, and uh, Mike starts crying. Yeah. Bad. And Teddy walks over to Mike and he says, hey, hey, it's okay. Hey, take it easy. Take it easy. And Mike, and I don't know the, the you know, the audio of it is very smudged, but it's, you know, Mike's, it sounds like he's going like, do you remember when you first saw me and I'm here now? And Jesus then Teddy's like, Christ. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And Mike's going, what about the other Mike Tysons? Damn, bro. That is fucking heartbreaking. And Teddy goes, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Damn it. It's okay. And oh, Mike, there's about 30 seconds of this, and Teddy, uh, you know, they're, they're patting each other. They're doing that thing. They have arms around each other, and they're patting each other on yeah. their ribs. And Teddy Teddy goes, hey, it's, it's okay. Just relax, relax, just relax. And Teddy walks away. Yeah, and he about, says, yeah, yeah, he says, just relax, Mike, and it's just another match. It's just another match. You've done in the gym with better fighters. Than yeah, this yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm Mike Tyson. Yeah, I'm Mike Tyson. Everyone, everyone likes me. <laughs> but he's worried everybody won't. Yeah, because there's a lot of pressure, right? Sure. Um, so then he has to make that happen. Over the course of his career. So, 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 so Teddy walks away, and then Mike, like, you don't, you can't see the tears come up, and then him and Teddy walk into the building, and Mike starts shadow boxing, and you're like. Jesus Christ, the guy is he's fucking gonna, amazing. He's going to demolish this. He's guy. amazing. And he gets in this ring with Kelton Brown. And within a minute. Kelton Brown has no muscle definition at all. He's mm. just a big, lanky, white guy who's got talent. Yeah. But within a minute, his ring, his corner throws in the towel. And because Mike, Mike says it, the first 30, the first five seconds, Mike goes Charges up and punches him. him in the face. Mike would just charge people. Char- like a, like Within a minute. is Within a minute. Within a minute. Insane, but here's the, the towel. Here's the thing. If you're Kelton Brown, it's a minute too long. 15 seconds is a lifetime. And if after it's over, they throw in the towel. After it's over, Mike doesn't know what to do. He's jumping up with Teddy. Yeah, what he, do you do? He falls down on the mat. He's yelling. Teddy's going, hey, hey, take it easy. Take it, take it easy. Take it easy. Kelton Brown comes over, and Teddy's like, 
Hey, you have a lot of heart. You have a lot of heart being in the ring with this guy. A yeah. lot of heart. You're gonna be a. You're gonna be a good fighter one day. You have a I'm lot Teddy of heart. I'm Teddy Atlas. I got the best wrestling name of all time. I'll tell you, I'm Teddy Atlas. You understand? Just, like he, what you do for roadmaps? <laughs> That's me. He just keeps telling me he has a lot of heart, and, and Mike doesn't know what to do with this energy yeah. of just. And, Again, and, and the commentator asks, "My, you know, right after the win, he goes, you know, Mike, you must be very satisfied with how your career, your career has progressed so far." And Mike's like, "Well, yeah, I can say yes, yes I am. I'm here. I'm here with kids. I'm here with what? <laughs> kids. kids. And I'll, I'll just do it, I'll do it without. He's the a man. I'll do it without. No, the do it with, please. But I'm just as old as they are, and I am more on the ball than them. I'm more disciplined. I learned first how to deal with my problems mentally, then physically. That's an advantage I have over them mentally." How did you feel about the end of the bout after defeating Brown? I went in there to do my job. I have nothing bad to say about my opponent. He did a, a well fine job. He was just in a little bit over his head. I commend him <laughs> on his efforts. And it's just kudos. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm glad he. I'm glad he was here to fight. Yeah, and he knew what he was doing. But you know, it's one of those things where like. If you don't get nervous before going on stage, how much do you really care? Type mm-hmm. of thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. You still get a little bit. I mean, you're excited, and the nervous, the nervous energy then translates mm-hmm. to excitement, and then, yes, yeah, and then and then performance. But you got to give a shit. But he's also a head case, and 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 it's fighting, and so there's a life or death stakes yeah. in every fight. But he went out there and just fucking, he just did did work and, and before the semifinal where he knocks the guy out in eight seconds i mean first off like the punch he knocks him out with is very one of those things that i didn't recognize until i was watching tyson knockouts which is it almost doesn't seem like he hits the guy yeah he hits him with the punch that is so strong and so fast that it almost seems like it's glancing it's, on the yeah, chin yeah. it's, it's a, a, a surgical disassembly yeah yeah when there's no resistance to it that's how strong it is like yeah. it yeah. didn't matter like you know sometimes you see but this was just like he went through a, like a hot knife through. Yeah, and, and before that fight, he's on, you know, he's on the street. The, the fight is in like an auditorium, and he's on the sidewalk on some regular street. And Teddy's going, "Take it easy, take it easy." He ran don't, down to the store down the corner to burn off. Don't all practice anything. Don't do any shadow boxing. Yes, you got yes. a fight coming up. Stop, yeah. stop getting your energy out because because Mike was just constantly trying to. I think you're talking about Teddy too, but I mean I don't know enough about the Teddy thing. Are we going to get into that? Uh, we are. We are. We yeah, are, we are. Okay. Um, so, you know, now he's won the Go Jo's twice. Um, he sends his, you know, he talks to his mom a little bit about how the, his successes that he's having. She's living in a decrepit. She's living in squalor. She's also not buying what he's saying. It's kind of a, a fucked up relationship. And then he gets a call that like your mom's not doing so hot. You should go see her. And uh, she's in the hospital. She's dying of cancer. No. Yeah. And this is when he says, like, uh, the only thing I ever knew about cancer was, like, my fucking astrological sign. Like, right. That probably told yeah, me. Yeah, and I thought it was, like, you know, I you know, I thought it was, like, the TV's, like, oh, I'm going to pull through, Jimmy. But, like, I went to see my mom, and she's dying, and she looked like a, a skeleton. Her tit was falling out of her hospital gown. It was just, it was really, it was embarrassing for him. He didn't know how to deal with it. So he just left. Yeah. And then when he talked to his sister, he said, you know, oh, yeah, I just saw mom. She looked good. That's what he said? Yeah. He well, talks he's, to, a, he's a kid. He's a kid. He's 16. It doesn't know how to deal with this, right? And doesn't want to deal with it. Doesn't have the ability or inclination sure, yeah. or anything to deal with, right? And Emotional so, maturity. Yeah. 
even though with all these other all the other emotional work that he's gone through, this is something he wasn't prepared for. Especially <laughs> with somebody that he was a mama's boy, and now she doesn't really like him. And she signed him away. It's just it's very complicated. Well, I mean, yeah. all, all the shit Cuss had been teaching him for was for boxing, right. not for regular, not for your mom Dealing is dying with, of cancer. Right. Um, I think you also get like resentful of yeah, of course, being a mama's boy, well, and, and that well, therefore it's all. And you have to deal with it now. now you you have don't to, want to deal with it. Yeah, and yeah. you don't. But you have to. Then yeah. you know. She then she you know she she passed away, and he said like I, I after that I was you know I was back home for that week or whatever. I, I went on a robin spree. He started going robin so houses. He went back. He went so back. He, 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 he regressed and went and fucking robin houses. Damn. Drinking, smoking weed, smoking angel dust. What? Um, yeah, yeah. He saw Barkeem again, the guy who took him under his wing, mm. and he was like, "Yo, man." Did they call the N word there? You know, he's like, yo, go back to that nice white family. What are you doing here? Barkeem told him. Yeah. Like, you got a nice white family. They don't call you. They don't yeah. say this. They, they love you. They tell yeah. you. They feed all that shit. What the fuck are you doing here? Get, yeah. Go back there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Among all of these steps, that there, even when he's in a place like that, there is, there's still someone going, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. Clearly, you've leveled up. Why are you coming back down, yeah. right? Right. Um, and that's why Barkeem had, on the sly, had become, like, the fucking number one guy in Brooklyn. No shit. Yeah, there was, like, a power vacuum. People got fucked up, and he took over. One night after partying that week, he was hungover. His, mom, his sister came over, and she straight up fucking punched him in the face. Denise. Nice. Denise, because she found out that he lied, and her their mom had been dead for a few days. And he never told Holy her. Holy shit. He never told his sister that their mom died. Harder to always had the feel to believe it. Now he now he knows he shouldn't have lied. Well, about why wasn't she going and visiting her anyway? Yeah, she didn't live around there anymore. Oh, she God. told him like you should go see mom, and then when she you know hey how was mom? He was like oh she looks good. Yeah. So she didn't go visit her right because I, like, I got time. I got yeah. I got other shit I got to do. And yeah, and yeah, he said like bro. it was a fucking pathetic funeral. He said it was a pathetic funeral. Cardboard casket, no money for a headstone. Oh, damn. And uh, and then he found out like a day or two day or two later that Barkeem got killed in like a Barkeem got killed in like a you know dispute ah. over territory. So ah, yeah, um, he almost got sent because he was staying around in Brownsville longer than he was supposed to. He was supposed to go back to Cuss right after the funeral, but he st- he stuck around like a few days, a week longer, and like social services got back in touch with him as like yo you. Might be sent back up upstate. To, you get like warrants and shit. Yeah, you might. Well, you might get not the, not warrants, but like you're not at your house. You're not your your where your guardian is. Yeah, yeah. You haven't checked in. You might be sent back to juvenile hall because you're still 17, 16. Right. Yeah. And um, he found Cuss. Cuss found him. He found Cuss. They made calls and they, and they got back in and moved back in with Cuss, and um, they formally adopted Mike. Um, and and he's like seventeen. Yeah, he's like he's still. I think 16, he's still sixteen 17. here. Damn. And um, Cus helped him get over. Cus and Camille helped him get over his mom's death. Um, they'd have they had to fill out some paperwork, and they they officially um adopted him. And uh, like, dude, they had uh, they had this South African guy. Come over, South African white guy. Yeah, come over to help train him. <laughs> this is the eighties. <laughs> Apartheid. Yeah, and Cus was like, "Yo, we've got a black boy here. 
And if this is my family, if you say anything fucked up, you are gone and, and your life is over. You have to treat him with respect. You, you treat him the way you treat me and Camille. This is how you treat him. End of story. And like nobody, Mike had never seen anything like that before, you know? Um, and like he, he would tell Mike over and over, like, listen, we are your family now. Okay. Yeah. I'm your dad. This Camille is your mother. We are a family. And he would tell Camille, look at your, look at your, look at your black son, Camille. <laughs> Don't you love him? Don't you love your black son? Isn't he great? Isn't he a, isn't he an Adonis? Isn't it just like Paul? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Camille? You got a night, yeah, in a million years, you ever think you have a black son that could beat the shit out of adults? You ever think his pelvis is like a piston? <laughs> the way it... Thrust in the uh, Camille. It was just in yeah, sick. <laughs> well, no, it's supposed to it's supposed to stay square. It's... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a machinist. And you're he said I'm you, a simple you know. boxing trainer. <laughs> I don't know you <laughs> your world frightens and confuses me. <laughs> <laughs> he said you're a family now and uh you're 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 our boy now and you're gonna bring a lot of pride to this family, pride and glory. Wow. Um Damn, bro. Camille kissed him all the time on the face and the cheek. And just, they, it was, it seems really beautiful, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he says like a month later, I, 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 I fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this is when, um, now Teddy, Teddy Atlas was having some money troubles and he was really pushing cuz to make Mike go like pro. Oh yeah. Okay. Because then he could get his cut of his purses for training him because right now he's an amateur and there's, right. there's no real purses. The, there's not, nothing to speak of, really. Um, and uh, maybe that's an unfair assessment of Teddy, but who knows? But it's it's reasonable to think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Teddy had some in, had in-laws and sister-in-laws, and, and Mike's 16, 17, and I guess he, they were partying with like his sister-in-law, who Who's? was Teddy's. Okay. Who was like 12 like, or 13. It was like, a bunch of young kids hanging a, out. A family picnic type Yeah, thing. and Mike, like they were playing grab ass and Mike like literally grabbed her ass. Um, And he was like, I, I, I'm i not, I was dumb and I was fucking 16 and I grabbed her ass while we were playing around. It was really stupid. And I, I just did it. I, 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 I fucked up. Right. And then like, uh, one day Teddy told him to show up to the gym and it was just Teddy there. And Teddy like pulled a gun on him, put it to Mike's head. And Mike was like, this is not the first time I've had a gun in my head. Yeah. But it was like the first time I got fired. And like, he fired it right by Mike's ear up in the air to the ceiling. It was like, I'll fucking kill you. This type of shit. And, uh, and he was like, and then Teddy ran. Cause I don't know if you remember huh, this gym is above a police station. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Teddy got kicked, cuss kicked Teddy out. Teddy gets replaced by Kevin Rooney, who was there, Uh, you know, as the kind of number two trainer or number three trainer. And they were all Kevin, like, like you, you've, you've said the, you know, the right act on Kevin. Um, and Kevin and and Teddy were friends. And so uh, maybe a better trainer for Mike. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Kevin was the guy who didn't have Teddy's talent, who, Built who believed in the peekaboo system. Uh, Teddy could knock people out just by you know, boxing. Oh, for real? And Kevin was not a good fighter, but he believed in the system enough to become a good fighter, right? And so eventually, Kevin became the guy who 
was the guy who knew who knew the peekaboo system. Who was the 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 trainer, peekaboo the, evangelist? Yeah, yeah. And um, so interesting. It is very chess. And so, it, it, in a way, he was better. You know, Teddy was a good trainer, and Cuss Cuss loved Teddy, but. Maybe you know. Maybe but Kevin was kind of a more devout student. Yeah, of, yeah, of, perhaps of, of the cuss. Perhaps, uh, yeah. The peekaboo philosophy. And so you know, you know, I don't think things actually change much for Mike. I mean, he knew Kevin because Kevin was part of that yeah. group even before that. Because he was a boxer. Kevin was a boxer who was also boxing when Mike was there. Yeah. And then he just became a trainer. Yeah. So you know, he's part of the family too. Um. So now. Teddy's gone. Kevin's trying to still there. And now he's, he's still 16. Uh, and he's fighting a 27 year old. And this is when he have his, has his first loss. Um, it's in a tournament, his first loss in a tournament. He's fighting this 27 year old guy. He, uh, it's Al Evans. Um, you know, Al Evans, you know, oh, yeah. Al Evans, that guy that beat Tyson. <laughs> uh, Mike's he, he charged at him. Like he always did. He slipped. Fell, and, and you know, the guy was a good fighter too. Uh, but he slipped, and, and the ref, uh, he called it. Um, and Tyson didn't take it too well. But Cuss, you know, told them that, like, you know, read about all these champions in these books. They all have that loss. You know, it, it's, an expo- it's an important experience for you. And um, the, re- the ones you read about are the ones that lost and kept going. Yeah. You don't read about the ones that lost and quit. Right. Yeah. And so he, he, he chalked this up to part of that Mike Tyson hero's journey for him. Um. Then he fought uh, Craig Payne for the National Golden Gloves. Craig Payne? P-A-Y-N-E. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, listen, by the way, in between that and and Craig Payne, he won six fights in a row. All knockouts. knockouts. He fought Craig Payne for the National Golden Gloves, which is like the premier amateur boxing championship. Um, It went the distance. He lost in by decision. He got robbed. You can watch the fight on YouTube. He got robbed. The crowd starts booing when they call the. I mean, oh shit! You look at the. You look at Mike. You look at the guy. You watch the fight. He got robbed. And these, you know, these are amateur fights. They are. So, so they these don't count on the record, right? Uh. uh yeah. It, you can watch the fight on YouTube. It, he, it should have been Mike. It's um, dynamite every time. Man. Then, uh, then Mike won the eighty-three and eighty-four gold medals at the. It's the, called like the the Concacaf under nineteen tournament. Tournament. It's like the FIFA, right? Right. right. So it's uh, like all thing. the Americas. Yeah. Uh, then he won the eighty-four golden gloves. So now he's training for the Olympics proper. So eighty-four, he's eighteen. Right, eighteen. When was he born? He's sixty-six. 66. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and they're training for the Olympics, like straight up the 84 Olympics in Los Angeles, California. Oh, uh, I know it. And, um, the, you know, the newspaper. Apple is doing the 1984 ad. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, movies are coming out. Oh, I love movies. <laughs> uh, and then so the, the, the Sports Illustrated or um, one, of the, one of the people are interviewing Cuss. And... Uh, <laughs> The kid's out of his mind. Cus goes on a rant. He's like, all my life I've been thinking in terms of developing a fighter who's perfect. To me, a person can accomplish this. I recognize the quality of a future champion because he's always able to rise to the level and exceed his sparring partners. Taught him movements like in the karate so the body would make adjustments during a fight, even if your opponent doesn't make it necessary. 
He can strike a blow with lightning speed to complete surprise of his opponents. He had tremendous speed, coordination, and intuitive sense of timing, which usually comes after 10 years of fighting, because in the old days, they used to box every single day. I don't start teaching until I find out if they're receptive. I do a great deal of talking to find out what a person he is. For example, we are today a sum total of every act and every deed. So in Mike's case, we talk and I try to find out how many layers I have to peel off of him of experience, detrimental and otherwise, until I get down to the man himself and then expose that so that not only I see, but that he can see. Huh. The progress begins from that point on more rapidly. When you, <laughs> dude, he just went on this rant just like telling exactly what is. Yeah. And then the interviewer asks him, you know, when you peel away the layers on Mike, layers on Mike Tyson, what did you find? And Gus took a beat and he goes, I found what I thought I'd find. A person of basically good character, capable of doing things that are necessary to be done in order to be a great fighter or champion of the world. When I recognized this, then my next job was to make him aware of these qualities because unless he knew them as well as I did, it wouldn't help him very much. The ability to apply discipline, the ability to do what needs to be done no matter how he feels inside, in my opinion, is the definition of a true professional. I think that Mike is rapidly approaching this status. That important point, which I consider Mike Tyson must do in order to become the greatest fighter in the world. And for all we know, barring unforeseen incidents, and if this continues without any interruptions, and if we get sparring and everything else that goes with it, he may go down in history as one of the greatest we've ever had, if not the greatest we ever had. And Mike Tyson's there. And he's listening to this, and he's just like, "This was like the happiest moment of my life." <laughs> no way. Yeah. And there's there's more in that interview, and it's also Mike feeling the pressure. It's 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 lovely. It's incredible for him to hear this and and validating. But it's also like, you better fucking bring it. Right. I mean, Cus is sitting there going, "I am a fucking genius." And also part part of my mind fuck is this speech. And my genius because I'm laying on adulation, is, is, and I'm also telling you, you better perform. Right. Um. He knocks out Henry Tillman through the ropes. I mean, his name is Henry Tillman. I mean, but he lost in decision in the qualifiers to Henry Tillman. The crowd again knows it's bullshit. He fought Tillman again in the Olympic box offs because these were like the qualifiers. He fights Tillman again. And Tyson fought better in the fight, the second fight against Tillman. Howard Cosell is calling the fight and goes that Tyson should win this. That Tyson will win. I'll tell you something. Loses by decision again. I don't believe this decision. Cosell is not a judge. He's just no. He's just the color commentary. Cuss starts losing it. Cuss is having a conniption. He's throwing punches at U.S. boxing officials. Kevin has to start grabbing him to hold him back because he like it's. For Cuss, this is also the, again the boxing establishment is corrupt. Yes. You know he's he's paranoid about the, all the things that have been done dirty to him. It has yeah. been corrupt for so long that even Customato can't even, can't even fight it anymore. It's so corrupt it built MMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which then was then susceptible to its own corruption. But yeah. which is which is stupid. But that is that is dumb way. The exact thing where like a lot of people would always be watching that you know second heyday that you were talking about, Aaron. Of, you know, Lennox mm-hmm. Lewis, Holyfield, all that stuff. There was still always some decision where everybody that watched the fight was going bullshit. like, bullshit. Yeah, I mean, that's and, really and you know, the judges are not people that ever fought themselves. They're, they're academics. So yeah. it's, um, Cuss and the crew get Mike tickets to the Olympics. As a con- you know, consolation. He scalped them. 
but he did get his <laughs> cherry popped by one of the uh, Olympic Committee interns, a very cute girl. Oh, very nice. Uh, that all the other guys had the hots for, but she liked Mike, so he popped his cherry, so it wasn't a total loss. Wow. First time he had ever had sex. Holy um, shit. He went back to New York. Hang out in the city for a while. He's in Times Square. He goes to see a karate movie on 42nd Street, smokes a joint, starts getting paranoid. Oh, shit. Oh, God. He um, goes home. He finds out that the cut knew, they knew he had weed, and they found it in his room. Cuss is really disappointed. Cuss gives him this fucking diatribe, like, uh, this must be good stuff, Mike. <laughs> I know this must be good stuff because you let down 400 years of slaves and peasants to smoke it. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yo, everything is ruined. All you know is It must be good stuff, kid, because you just... You mind if if I have some? I got the glaucoma and the cataract. If if it's worth betraying your race, it must be good for my glaucomas. Now, one more thing. You ruined your race. So, again, this is one of those things, like, after that, I, I, I threw myself in harder than ever before in the training. I just, Jesus it God. worked for him. That, some people, you know, you, certain, people respond to different types of motivation. I'm motivated by shame. If you're my coach and <laughs> no, you shame no, me. I, I am too. Like, I understand. You know, you want your mother to see you play for me? Like, I will <laughs> yeah. do better that way. And yeah. so, you know, he was a no, master I, of knowing yeah. what was going to work for Mike. Sure. Um, you know, Mike said he made me feel like an Uncle Tom, and I hated that. And Yeah, yeah and so he just fucking, he, I threw it in harder than ever. A white um, guy making you feel like an Uncle Tom. He, start, he started talking to himself in the third person like he was, cuss. He wouldn't lose a fight for the next six years. Really? Uh, he had signed this bogus management contract because now he's making waves as an amateur. Yeah. Uh, he makes cuss by him a Cadillac, even though he doesn't have a license and can't drive. So anytime <laughs> he would get like really fucking pissed off or freaked out, he'd go in the garage, sit in the Cadillac, and listen to music. Oh my god. Cuss, <laughs> um, you gotta buy me a Cadillac, okay? Cuss, do, do you do you hear the music okay. coming out of this? So he got the Cadillac. He's doing that. Huey Lewis. He uh, <laughs> he starts. So he starts building up his fight repertoire to get ready. You know, to get ready to, you know, to be the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so to now fuck he, some shit up. What? To, fuck to work, some to, shit to work up. his way up to the uh, yeah. the, the heavyweight. Yeah, that's right. So he's going pro now, right? He signs that management contract, but it's like thirty percent goes to the guy, and then like he yeah, splits yeah. the other. It's fucked up. But what? what, what but he, Cuss is there, and like all the final decisions have to go through Cuss after that. So like he's got a safety net. Yeah, is that Cuss is there looking out for him? Wait, wait, wait can I also uh, how how tall is he? He's like five. Mike? Yeah. Now he's probably 5'10 and about 200 pounds, or maybe 205. 5'10. Uh, it, it, I'm 6'2, 205 it, 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 pounds. In the, in the dock, yeah. when he was 16, he, they said 5'10, 210. And, and that's honestly, because he would cut weight, he would wear those vinyl suits and sweated a lot of it out. As someone who's, who's barely 5'10 and sometimes 165, I think sometimes I'm like, man, you got to look at I Mike. look like shit. You got to look at him. And then you kid. see this, and you're like, 
210? His neck was 100 pounds. 210? Yeah. It's absolutely uh, his th- human pimple. Yes, yeah. exactly. I, 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 that's what I always. The legs. This is a compliment. This is not anything derogatory that I'm saying. Is I, I when I see Mike as a young man fighting, I think of a pit bull, compact, yeah. fast. No, it's. A, I mean, it's, it's not derogatory whatsoever. I mean, it could be seen as that way, but I. That's no, not the, my intention. No, but the inherent strength and uh, the, the uh, real pit bulls are tiny. Yes, but they're ferocious in fashion. Yeah, but and, and also just it's just this anchor of power. Yeah. In like a chest, neck, shoulder. No, no. For for, for, for it, me, it's not. It, it, for me, it's the fucking quads. He's got big. Yeah, he did have big. Yeah. Fu- the, the, that that muscle that wraps around your knee. Yeah. When you yeah. see him turning with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was. Um, his twist on a punch was. Yeah. Severe. He was punching with his and, legs. And he was also a master of just avoiding and ducking yes. and bobbing and weaving. Yeah. He was so mobile. If you haven't seen Mike Tyson as a young man fighting, go watch those old films because he's lightning quick. And, and for a guy who's 200 plus pounds, yeah. it's not Floyd Mayweather who's a buck 45. And, and yeah. you notice in the, in the way he's fighting, punch, punch, he's ducking, yeah. he's slipping. He's ducking after, as he's making that second jab, he's ducking and yeah. slipping. Yeah. It, and it, it's it was, built it was, in. It was it's a, built a in. new level of, of, of discipline and, and uh, strategy to just be like, hey, just because you're a boxer doesn't mean you need to get hit. I mean, Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather is the best at that. Yeah. He doesn't get hit. It was one of those things where you're like, stop getting hit. Stop getting hit. That's how you lose. Yeah. It makes you dumb, and then you get hit. Worse. But also the idea stop. of the counterpunch that is approaching. The counterpunch is approaching. The counterpunch is not backing away no. from the other fighter. Yeah. The counterpunch is approaching the man mm-hmm. who's going to punch them. Right. right. It's like a pair. It, it's like fencing. Is Yes. Very like fencing. Mm. Um, so I've heard. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he fights Hector Mercedes. First round knockout. Trent Singleton, knockout. Dan Halpin, knockout. Ricardo Spain, knockout. John Anderson, knockout. Larry Sims turns lefty and knocks him out. Cuss didn't <laughs> like that because it was showing off. But also because of the style of the peekaboo, he it was easily it, go south. It was built for ambidextrous type of fighting. Uh, Lorenzo Canetti, one round knockout. Michael Johnson lodges two front teeth in his mouthpiece. Knockout. <laughs> Yikes. Who's routinely te- knocks mouthpieces out. This time, lodge two front teeth in them. Yeah. Mike is the hottest these. thing in town. Knockout artist. He's me- he- now he's got to meet the press because he's now a contender, right? Um, he's he he's got to go with this management contract. He's got to do press. He's got to go make appearances. He's hanging out with David Bowie. Uh, <laughs> Mikhail- up, y'all? He goes to a restaurant because he knows the owner. He's ta- or he's taken there. Um, you know, at this point, he's, he's, he's a bit of a trophy for, for some people, right? Oh, yeah. well, see, I've got the hottest fighter in town here. So he's at the table with the restaurant owner in New York. Bowie's there. Mikhail Baryshnikov, fucking 12, 10-year-old Drew Barrymore. Get the fuck out yeah, She's here. fucking dropping back gin and tonics, probably. Oh, my God. De Niro and Pesci show up, join them at the table. Oh. I mean, like, it's, Mike, it's, it's heat. We got to get out of here. Check this out. So they go to Liza Minnelli's house. Of course. To De Niro and Pesci. Yeah. With, Listen. with Liza Minnelli and none other than Raul Julia. And meanwhile, Mike Tyson has no idea what Raul the fuck Julia. is going on. Mike Tyson has no idea what the fuck is going on right now. But he, lo- he he's like, oh, man, he, he knows all these people. Yeah. Sure. He knows it's big. And he, I mean, he had a lot of respect for Raul Julia. Look at this guy. He's sure. a great fighter. I mean, hey. This guy's fucking Gomez Adams and M. Bison, so not exactly a lightweight. M. Bison, a pretty good fighter himself. I could have been a contender. I am a contender. Yeah, what was Brando doing? So he's spending, you know, he's... 
spending time in Manhattan. Not in the Catskills because it's in between these fights. He's had, yeah. you know, fucking eight fights in a row. Right. He, he fights fucking Marvis um, Holmes, right? Larry Holmes' kid? Yeah. Or is it, um, fuck, I forget. Or it's, uh, I forget whose kid he fights, but he knocks him out too. Uh, <laughs> he fucks him up pretty bad. But he, he's hanging out late night in Manhattan, coming home late, eating Chinese food at night. Cuss is like, you're getting fat. You're getting lazy. Don't fuck this up. You're a bum. You're a bum, right? <laughs> You're a bum, kid. One of his, his next fight would be one of his first real tests. This guy, Donnie Long. They called him the master of disaster. <laughs> Long Don? No, Donnie Long, master of disaster. Uh, Mike knocked him out in a minute and a half. <laughs> He's doing Sports Illustrated, the kid dynamite cover with the, you know, uh, it's getting Pretty thick. He's attracting groupies, but he's still not having sex. Still just that one time with the intern. He was just still awkward and shy and didn't know what to say or anything like that but you know you're you are not a one you know when you're hyper hyper focused on one thing you to your detriment you're not you're not getting that socialization anymore right right it's that thing i said the, the fucking uh when they took bobby fisher out to the strip club and then when he leaves he goes what about rook to g4 yeah and you like, know, I was thinking. I, 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 use it. I mean, the titties are nice, but I was just thinking, what if, 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 if kings? He's talking about just the next move from from the game from before they got. Yeah, to the you know, club. I, I, I saw the rose. That's but you one know, of those moments you got to give that person drugs. Yeah, you got to give that person Molly so they stop thinking about it, and they're just like, oh, dude, titties. Yeah, but also good. like you can't really hate it too. Body glitter smells good. Because, because, like, you know, when you are Mike Tyson and that thing, I mean, how much are you going to contribute to a conversation? But with- Mike, the thing is, Mike's not Bobby Fischer. No. But, but, but also, we Mike have- is not solely one-minded. He's just not socialized that way, you know. He does. He is obsessive about fighting, but he did like going out and hanging out and partying, yes. having fun and letting loose. Bobby Fischer was crazy. Yes. But, but so, so at the same time, though, Mike, being the guy who will go all the way for something. Same way with partying. And Cuss's thing is, Cuss says things like, the fighter who's not thinking about fighting is going to get knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Mike in his head is thinking, even if in a moment where he's reminded that he's not thinking about fighting, immediately in that moment, he maybe he goes, I need to be thinking about fighting yeah. right now. Yeah. No, and I then think, he switches. I, I think that's the that's what I'm saying about the yeah. the Bobby yeah. Fisher angle is he was going like, you know what? I can hang in these circles, but also before I can really hang in them, I would sit back and listen for a long time, the same way yeah. I did mm-hmm. with getting into boxing. Yeah. And we're still good on bad on oh, memory and all that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Cuss tells the story. He says uh, he tells this uh, story. He goes, "There's the this great heavyweight fighter, and he uh, he hung his jacket up, and on his jacket he uh, uh, he put a slip, and he said, uh, this is the jacket of the uh, greatest heavyweight fighter in the world.' Uh, and he and, and Cuss said, and so that way no one knew to touch it. And then when the <laughs> guy, when the guy came back, all he found was there was no jacket, but there was a slip that said." Uh, this is the slip from the fastest runner in the world. <laughs> That's dope. And it was like, if you're not constantly there, someone's going right. to... And so, you know, you can imagine, Mike, like he's having all this fun. But he's no, there might be a faster guy. Right. Yeah. One night he's... Uh, 
he's fighting the undercard at Madison Square Garden. His opponent straight up didn't show up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's not a good sign. It's not going to happen. I'm too afraid oh, of what's going to... Reputation proceeding. So he left the garden and was like, well, fuck, what am I going to do? I'll go back down to 42nd. Maybe I'll try and get laid. So he like goes down, he goes down to this fucking place. Remember when he was a kid? That's yeah. like, a, you know, house of ill repute. Used to be a shithole. And he, you know, tries to... He gets this a nice Cuban lady uh, prostitute, but nothing... They just... And like they're doing just it, but her out. back goes out, and they. Oh just, God! Well, it's really you know, he's a fucking fighter, right? <laughs> uh, and so they end up just talking. Oh, that's they not. They just talking, and it's and everything was fine. I good. broke my back. Too. <laughs> yeah, one day I will break my back. <laughs> How? Spinal. Spinal, I guess. Uh, his next fight after that was with Robert Calais. It was over with two left hooks. One missed, one didn't, over in 37 seconds. Next one, Sterling Benjamin. The ref stopped the fight in 54 seconds. Jesus. 54 seconds. The ref. Ah, it's over. <laughs> uh, those two fights, Cusset stayed home because he had been sick. And he was always, he was really old and always kind of sick and coughing and stuff. But it was the day after that fight, uh, Cuss was admitted to Mount Sinai well, in the well. city. Damn. And um, they're like, you should probably go see Cuss. So Mike goes down there and he's, he seemed like Cuss was fine. Was he nice cream? He was, he was, he was Cuss, you know? <laughs> and he, but they're told that he doesn't have a lot of time left because he's got pneumonia. And to his detriment, he was mad into the alternative shit and like kind of turned down some of the maybe more <laughs> traditional. Bring the witch doctor in. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. the chemo. Here? You should be jumping rope. <laughs> Give me the shaman. Yeah. <laughs> And by that I mean the shaman toilet paper. I'm shitting myself. Um, Mike sees him and he's holding his hand and he's telling him, I don't want to do this shit without you. I don't want to do it. Damn, that's a bitch. And Cus tells him, well, if you don't fight, you'll realize that people can come back from the grave because I am going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Jesus Christ. The world has to see you, Mike. You're going to be a champion of the world, the greatest out there. And this was the first time you ever saw Cuss cry. Oh, God. And he said, Mike, just do me one favor. Take care of Camille. And he realized that he wasn't crying about Mike. He was crying about Camille. And uh, Cuss died the next day. Damn. He had his funeral... uh, Boxing luminaries, Norman Mailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, Jim Jacobs said in his speech pretty much the kind of the one thing that sums it up. Cus D'Amato was vi- violently opposed to ignorance and corruption in boxing. While Cus was unyielding to his enemies, he was understanding, compassionate, and incredibly tolerant with his friends. And um, Mike kind of shut down after that emotionally for a while. Um, he had a fight after that. He had a fight with, uh, fucking, uh, Eddie Richardson, like a day or two later. He fucked him up bad. Yeah. He punched him like into the air (laughs) and he like flew... Like in the air to the other side of the ring. 
It hit him with a leaping left, and because he was so tall, he wound up coming down on the other side of the ring. Uh, next guy was Conroy Nelson, who had lost to Trevor Burbick uh, years earlier. He was still ranked number two in Canada. Conroy Nelson sounds like a country singer. Big guy, big Adonis body. The announcer said this was the guy that would finally test him. Um, the ref had to stop the fight. Mike was beating the shit out of him too bad. Jesus. <laughs> um, he fought Mark Young. A minute in, he hits him with an uppercut. He fights, falls down. I mean, at this point, he's beaten. He's plowing through all of the the highest ranked heavyweights and his Ray, emotions. Rayman, yes, he's yes. Ray Mancini says Mike needs a real challenge now. Boom, boom, Mancini. Boom, boom, Mancini. Yeah. I mean, hurry I mean, on. War, Warren Zevon wrote a yeah, song yeah, about yeah, it. Boom, boom, Manci- <laughs> Mancini's fighting Bobby Chacon, <laughs> and now Boom, boom, Mancini is saying Mike Tyson's need a real fucking uh, challenge. Two weeks later, he fights Dave Jaco, who had 14 knockouts and a TKO on Razor Ruddick. They stopped the fight after the oh, third knockdown Razor in the Ruddick. first round. Didn't Mike Jesus. also knock down Razor Ruddick? Uh, I don't know. Oh, he might have, but that's I think that's later. That's before <laughs> okay, he Okay, okay. He goes home. He sees Camille. Damn. Does an interview with, you know, he talks about Camille like uh, it's just not the same without Cuss there. I don't know why I'm, I don't know who I'm, I don't, I don't like, there's nobody there to tell me how bad I did. And that's in the fight. That's that's there's the, nobody there to tell me that I'm being lazy. Yeah. My hands aren't high enough. There's no one there to bring the ceiling up. I so he, I keep she, trying. Yeah, she says, thing. How did you make out? I made out good, but I was looking for somebody who wasn't there. Yeah. And she starts crying and Cuss wasn't there. Everybody tells me I'm doing good, I'm doing good, but nobody tells me if I do bad. It doesn't matter how good I would have done, Cuss would have seen something that I did wrong. Yeah. And then he does his Sports Illustrated interview. He talks about, I miss Cuss terribly. All the things we worked on, they're starting to come out so well, but when it comes down to it, who really cares? I like doing my job, but I'm not happy being victorious. I fight my heart out, give my best, but when it's over, there's no Cuss to tell me how I did. No mother to show my clippings to. The, the, the point of fighting God, wasn't bro, to so beat people. Rough. The point of fighting was to make Cuss proud. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, he uh, after like six more knockouts, he fights Marvis Frazier, Joe Frazier's son. That's the one I was getting at. Bad, beats him bad. Then he's then there's a couple more fights, and and then he he's there to fight uh, Trevor Burbick, and this is this is for the WBC heavyweight championship. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson is barely twenty years old. Jeez. Trevor Burbick has laid motherfuckers out. Yeah. Trevor Burbick went fifteen with Larry Holmes. <laughs> Trevor Burbick beat Ali and then Ali retired. Wow. After he beat after he lost to Holmes. Yeah. Okay. Goes on the talk show circuit on the press because that's what's expected of him. He goes on David Mike. Brenner. Yes, Mike. This goes we, on the, David the, Brenner the weird show. 90s moment where it's, yeah, yeah, this is I think this is 80 it's it's still 80s still, but it's very like it's, where that it's talk getting show to that shit. talk show yeah, there's yeah. the circuit. Yeah, yeah. David Brenner's got a talk show. What? Right. Yeah. Uh on that episode is also Jake LaMotta. Oh, fuck. Really? And this is before Jake LaMotta's like mad senile, so he's still kind of, you know. And it's post-Raging Bull. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, yes. Yeah. But Jake is not fucked up yet, so yeah. he, he gives Mike some advice about stay away from the garbage. He's going to mean? He's like, people like us, we attract garbage. <laughs> wow. So yeah, when you, yeah, you're yeah. going to be, this is the, Jake LaMotta says, 
this is the next heavyweight champion of the world. And also, stay away from the garbage. That's good advice, Jake LaMotta. Because Jake got, you know, Jake ended up fucking like shaking hands outside of casinos and shit when he was all fucked up. Like, so he knows what happens to guys like him, right? Um, Like my my grandfather knew uh, fucking uh, Jerry Cooney. Oh, really? Yeah. Jesus. Who is that? It was another boxer. Another boxer fighting around that time, and, you know, and it's one of those things where, like, you know, your your name is Jerry Cooney. Irish guys are like, "Hey, hey, you're uh, in, you're," and it's like, but you go like, "Well, he's not gonna be anything if you know him, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? How do you, bus driver, know Jerry Cooney? <laughs> you're a fucking doorman. You know him? Yeah. He's talking to you? Yeah. <laughs> he was the other doorman. <laughs> Uh, he knows John's friend. Not, not that, like you know. I mean, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson also would. Mike, Mike Tyson would talk to anybody. It, it's no, not. But, it's not as if these guys feel like. They're no, better. but but it mean, is one of those things where you go like, yeah, you know, you guys, you always had this fucking. It, you don't understand like until like you grew up in New York. Like there was the great the great white hope was always a thing. Everybody was waiting to come. Yeah, and they would they would talk about like oh well Jerry Cooney and you go like. Cooney? Jerry Cooney? Yeah, like yeah, like I, I think problematic. I think Tyson <laughs> knocked him out without looking at him. This isn't even a discussion. Shut up. Um, you know. So he, you know, he's he he he. In between this, in between the uh, Marvis Frazier and Trevor Berg, there's a couple other guys. Sure. I, I forgot Bob. to mention that the Jimmy. Ferguson guy were in the in the press. He says like I, I, I wish I could have knocked his nose into his skull. He that, started, that, he was start, a, that was a cuss thing where it's like you press you, you if you it. get the nose bone up there, it's yeah. bad news. Yeah. They don't let you get up right away. Right. Um, the reporter's gonna laugh at that, and you guys are gonna like this. He said, like, "I didn't think I said anything wrong." Cuss and I all used to talk about the science of hurting people. I wanted to be a yeah. cantankerous, malevolent champion. Like mm-hmm. Cuss wanted me to be, you know. You know, I used to watch these comic book characters and read about them, like the X-Men. And one of my favorites, Apocalypse. Apocalypse would say, I'm not malevolent. I just am. (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah. I I mean, and he gets more in the next, you know, pro part of this we'll get into more of all the stuff but he yeah, like but he, he really loved apocalypse yeah, and yeah comics and he had a relationship with stan lee and stuff but no fucking way i mean it would just you punch with bad intentions <laughs> you, uh, that's like the basic Make everything of- he knows to be true a lie yes yeah. yes just oh god it's so good so it's it now he's done the press it's the night before the burbick fight which is the biggest fight of his life, right? He's he's a knockout artist. And this is the fight that if he wins this, he becomes... The WBC champion, heavyweight. Yes. And he's he, 20, fighting adult men. He's been fighting for, you know, he's been fighting for six, seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the night before the fight, he looked at his pee-pee and he's got a little bit of a discharge. Yeah? No. So he got the clap. No. And so he, he gets a shot in his ass from the Dr. Henderson or whatever. Got a shot of antibiotics. And he's like, all right, I don't know where I got it. I don't, I don't think it was the Olympic or a while ago. But maybe it was this prostitute. I mean, I don't know. He doesn't really know. Probably prostitute. Who's to say? Yeah. You think? Or maybe it was stress. Maybe he had a prostate, whatever. 
Yeah, whatever. He had fucking whatever. But then this is also like Ali. When Ali lost that fight against Holmes, I took some medication. I was yes, tired, right? yes, yes. Well, yeah, but uh, it's not like it's Ali. It's not like that. But because <laughs> Ali was also uh, neat. He was ankle deep into uh, what would be a, a, the mental condition that would. Right. And, and ankle deep into his late 30s. Yeah. Uh, he goes, he, you know, he's there at the, he's at the arena. He, they're playing Toto. I think they're for fucking Rosanna or fucking Africa or some <laughs> it shit. It was a hot time for Toto. Uh, but all in, in his head, all he hears is Phil Collins in the air tonight. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. He's like talking about it. And that's the song that they play for him in the hangover. Yeah. Which is so funny. So perfect. Do, 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 he do, goes do, out to the crowd, and at this time, by this point, you know he he wanted to emulate a lot of these old school boxers, and so he goes out with the short black shorts, no sock look, yes. with the boots yes. on because the Spartan look of all his old is his heroes, right? Yeah. So he's just menacing as fuck. He goes out there in the crowd. There's Eddie Murphy, Kirk Douglas, Sly Stallone. Ali's there. Ali gets introduced to the crowd. Whoa! In the ring. Ali whispers in Mike's ear, kick his ass for me. <laughs> what? Fuck. That's amazing. Ten seconds into the second round, Tyson hits him with a hard right. Burbick goes down. Burbick gets back up. Ten seconds is a what round? In the second. second. Damn. Burbick goes down. Springs back up. Tough fighter. A little flurry of punches, a shot to the temple. Delayed reaction. Burbick goes down again, tries to get up. His ankle's fucked up, falls face first, flat into the canvas. Mike Tyson is 20 years old, and he is the heavyweight champion of the boxing world. Jesus Christ. And that's where we're going to end this part of the profile. That is a hot, hot ticket, baby. It's pretty good stuff. Aaron, that's really excellent. Everything Cuss told him up until this point came true. Yeah. Trevor Burbick. 20. Trevor Burbick. Crazy. Trevor I mean, Burbick. Heavyweight. Not exactly a lightweight. In fact, a heavyweight. <laughs> I, I feel like if like, like, the, like you go on YouTube and you watch the Tyson knockouts, Trevor Burbick is like two. Yeah. Of, he's like, he's at the beginning of all yeah, of those Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. He went an unprecedented amount of not only undefeated, but. Initial knock, just knockout, knockout, knockout. Technical knockout, which you know, getting knocked out t- three times in a round right, or right. stopping the fight. One fight was ruled a disqualification because the guy kept holding him, but then that was then re- changed to a TKO because the guy was going down anyways. Yeah, and that would have fucked up Tyson's record at that point, so they yeah. changed it back. But I think he went nineteen straight wins. No, I mean, not even counting the amateur it's shit. It's 19 straight knockouts. You know, the amateur yeah. shit where it's just like, then just he's the, just chopping boys. Yeah. Oh, man. He's electric. He was electric. and We hadn't seen anything like that in a very, very long time. And, and, and I mean, he's kind of the reason why we don't, like, he was. Is there anybody that's going to do better than that? No. No, these fuck you bring the Klitschko brothers. Who, yeah, the only thing the Klitschko brothers could do is to fight save each boxing other. is save with fighting. Even then, they're a hundred. Yeah, yeah, they they're incredibly go boring. make a vaccine. Your doctors leave. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing they could do. They they should have fought ten years ago. Now yeah. they're in their fort. Mike yeah. Tyson 
ended the heavyweight division. Heavyweight boxing Pretty much. Sh- should yeah. not be a bunch of six five guys fighting each other. It should be a bunch of five ten guys weighing two hundred and ten pounds. It was really one of those things where you go like, "Is there anybody that could possibly stand against this guy?" You know. And the answer is him. <laughs> it's only him. It was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get into more of all that later, Aaron. Uh, this has been an incredible introduction. I, I, I love it. I hope a, you liked uh, it a lot. I, I so really, much. really love it. It's I just a, want you to like what I do. <laughs> it's John. something you could fucking, you know, you can just trip out on forever. Uh, I do, and I, I just want it. Uh, I want everybody to get how much I like him and why, even though he's got this a lot of baggage. Yeah. Yes. And understand the the mythos that comes with who he is. And, and I think that that baggage only adds to it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It adds to that. And, um, uh, I, I hope you guys like it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. This, this is maybe my favorite profile ever. Oh my yeah. God. I mean, it's really, really great stuff. I think I got a jith charge. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like he's been through so much that he doesn't even, like know what to remember at any time. And that's what you can see come out of him now. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, except I'm, he he does he's always learning very very pivotal life lessons. Humbled, yes, to this day he's always yeah. figuring stuff out and trying to right. right. And, and that's we're, and like, you know we're gonna we're we're gonna try and skip over the stuff that everybody knows about. We'll mention it and, and show that it how it adds to his character at large. Uh, uh, but um, we want to focus on some of the stuff that not every, you may not know about and the stuff, I mean, yeah. You know, the post stuff. Yeah. Po- like you post- were saying about like the Nixon shit. It was like yeah. trying to do the pre and then yeah. Yeah, you, you know, if, uh, to- the, the story of the rise of a fighter is incredible, but you know, what's even crazier after the guy doesn't yes. fight anymore, yeah, absolutely, and he's a hero, but doesn't do it anymore. Like this, the, and just goes the insights he has, and that was the same thing that I think about uh, Tyson. That I think about Nixon is his uh, political analysis as a he's a unique perspective. Yes, and it's it's strategic, but it's also like you know, uh, I guess. Moral, empathetic, whatever. Like, I'm sure Tyson is watching fighters all day long where he goes, like, I would have fucking ate him for breakfast if he was up against me. Mm-hmm. But also I can see these are his strengths. This is what mm-hmm. he does. This is what he can do. This is what that person does well. This is, like, their style or whatever. Uh, he can look at it impartially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's it's an extremely interesting mm-hmm. perspective to be able to access, mm-hmm. you know? So I can't wait to pick it up again. Uh, I think uh, you did a brilliant job. Thank you. Uh, and I am also like, call me a bum, so I do good on the next. Yes, one. absolutely. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. You're a bum, rock. Uh, yeah, tomato can. Chase the chickens. You son of a. I'm going to say good night. My name is John Fahey. <laughs> good night. I'm Aaron Pita. Meperso. <laughs> good night, everybody. We love you. Podcast Network.